Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international depression. <laughs> bitch, you got coronavirus. No, God, please, no, 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 and Dr. Gupta, I am among the fully vaccinated, uh, joined Team Pfizer, oh, good for you, and I did go jogging today in the park, bruh. Look at this dude. Uh, and I did. This was the mask that I wore with a doctor's mask under it. <laughs> no, 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 no. There are people who are getting really upset about that. <laughs> Should people be freaking out that some people like myself who are vaccinated are still wearing masks outdoors? <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely not. <laughs> Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I am flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. I cannot wait to talk about this Chauvin juror breaking his silence to say openly, yeah, I am a, I'm a political activist. Yeah, I had a lot of biases in the case that I applied to the case. Um, no awareness of what he's saying at all. Either that or total awareness and just doesn't care. And maybe half the country doesn't care either. I, I have no idea. I thought the interview with the alternate juror last week was pretty outrageous. I mean, this one is just insane. The guy outright says, uh, I'm I'm talking to the media to bring change. We won't bring change unless I talk to the media. But yeah, I'm sure just a couple weeks ago, he was totally objective in his judgment of Derek Chauvin. He, he says the jurors didn't agree on how Derek Chauvin broke the law, but they just agreed that he did too much. Yeah. Derek Chauvin did too much. So guilty on all charges. He says there was only one holdout on the entire jury, but uh, they made quick, uh, they made quick work of that person. They browbeat that person in uh, with, with relative ease. So we will get to that. Uh, plus uh, the CDC revises its guidelines saying vaccinated people can go unmasked outside. Yippee. Leaving the rest of us to wonder who the hell wears a mask outside or ever wore a mask outside anyway, except Joy Reid 
voluntarily confessed to all of us. She likes to jog double masked. I don't know uh, where she lives, but that's a spectacle I would laugh at if I saw it. Double masked jogging. Can't say I've seen that one myself. And uh, a podcaster drinks. What was she drinking? Tequila? I don't know. Some sort of liquor. Vodka. Vodka. She's drinking on air and she says, fuck the police to close her show before leaving and killing a cop in a hit and run. Did I get that right? That is accurate. She threw him 150 feet in the air. Oh, my. So this was like the Seattle freeway thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I thought I didn't realize it was that uh, severe. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, did I hit something? Yeah. Okay. we will learn about that story later. A student gets uh, insufferably lectured by his insane college professor for his views on police. And then I have a couple hoax hates to close. This one is ancient in its nature, which is that's a different one. I haven't I haven't haven't heard of at least ancient rock carvings being defaced (laughs) with hateful messages. That's what's claimed in uh, Utah. We'll check in with Super Chats on YouTube, Tippy Stream, Trovo, and D-Live in between topics as well. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low-down money grabbers. Of course. We'll take as many as we can until we uh, get to 11.30 p.m. Eastern. So get them in early if you would like them read. It will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listing material. Remember, you can find everything show-related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. And don't forget that the show store is up and running. We have t-shirts, mugs, hats. We have all that stuff. Plus, we also have special deals from our friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends over at Sonoran Defense Technologies. If you've listened to the show for a little while, you know our friends at Sonoran make the coolest custom Glocks around. Their laser stippling will give your Glock a unique aesthetic, plus a custom grip that feels as good as it looks. And you can work with them to create a new custom Glock or spruce up one that you've had in your safe for a while. And Sonoran also has awesome laser engraved AR and AK mags that will make you the meme lord envy of the range as well. But with the gun and ammo market the way that it is, you might like to know that Sonoran can help you custom laser engrave all sorts of other items too. Knives, drinkware, you name it. They can probably engrave it for you. They even laser engraved the PC from which I stream this very show mm. with the show's artwork. They made it a one-of-a-kind machine for me. It's very cool. So if you're looking to build an awesome custom firearm or you want to customize something else that's important to you uh, with precision laser engraving, you can contact our friends at Sonoran Defense through their website. That's SonoranDefense.com. Sonoran offers 10% off all their products and services to listeners of this show using promo code G's. That's promo code J-E-E-Z at SonoranDefense.com for 10% off. And be sure to follow Sonoran on Instagram as well. That's at Sonoran Defense for all of their best work plus secret designs you won't find anywhere else. You can find everything uh, you need from Sonoran Defense Technologies plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses at MattChristensenMedia.com slash deals. Deals for listeners by listeners. Uh, I did have one quick announcement before we move into some of the news items. But um, this week, uh, Thursday, actually, I did an interview on Allison Morrow's channel. And I I found Allison through a listener linking me to her work on the story of the uh, New Mexico police officer who was killed by a drug runner. She did great work on that. So we were having a conversation about doing a stream together on her channel and it turns out that, that her husband is a Marine Corps vet who cares very passionately about uh, 
about uh, veteran issues. And she asked me um, if, if I'd be willing to talk about my brother's story. And a lot of you know, but not everybody does. Uh, my brother was a was an army paratrooper who was hit on patrol uh, by IED outside of Kandahar, Afghanistan in January 2010. Two guys were killed that day. Uh, my brother survived, but he was severely and permanently injured. And my brother and I lived in this house together, uh, the same house that I'm still doing this very show from, uh, until my brother took his own life in May of, of 2013. And I've referenced the story a little bit in passing on the stream and elsewhere on my channel when people ask me about it or bring it up. But I've never actually told the story in full description, in full detail. And I've wanted to, but I never really had the the right opportunity. And since Allison is, she's an award-winning journalist, she's a good interviewer. Her husband knows a lot about this stuff and he cares about it a lot. And it, um, it felt like the right opportunity to do it. So I've linked it atop the description if you want to check out not only that story in full detail, but check out Allison's channel for in my opinion, a plus, uh, independent journalism work. And I appreciate it if you head over there and thank you to those of you who already have. Anyhow, that's all from me on that one. I just want to make sure people were aware. It's really good and touching. I listened to it yesterday. Thanks for checking it out. I appreciate it. A lot of, um, very important. There's a lot of the facts of what happened are are interesting. I hope, but the, the big themes about what matters in life and how to, find purpose after terrible things, that sort of stuff, I hope sticks the most anyway, onto some lighter topics. Uh, the, my lack of movie viewing experience, frequent theme of the show, as you are well aware. <laughs> now I, I actually didn't, I didn't realize you made the list of movies I need to watch in the show notes. I saw them at the bottom. They are there so I can get they started. Are. We've agreed yes, blondes making the classic movie list for me. I'll watch one a week. And then we'll talk about it. But um, I don't know if there's viewer interest in hearing us do, say, a five minute classic movie review, probably at the toward the end of the show, I would think is where we'd put that. Um, I don't have strong feelings about that, but I put a poll atop the description. If you would like to hear us talk about the classic movie of the week for five minutes, Blonde, would. Blonde clearly <laughs> has a vote in this. I, I, I could go either way. I'm going to watch them either way. But if you want to hear us talk about that. Vote yes in that poll. If that sounds like crap and you don't want to hear us talk about that stuff, vote no. And the uh, I'll consider the the poll results when making that decision. Um, okay, let's move into the news of the week. And um, a lot of states are passing or have already passed uh, bills to ban biological males from competing in K through twelve or college sports. Um, as women. So transgender biological men who are transgender running races against women. They're banning that in a lot of states. And Why? somehow that's Why would you ban that? Why would you do that? It, it, it does slow down the acceleration. You're right. It, it does. The yeah. based way to look at this is to destroy women's sports, which is hilarious and satisfying more trannies in women's sports. Well, somehow this is controversial in, in <laughs> As I've mentioned, at, at my Montana, my state is one of the states passing one of these laws, or at least considering it. We have female students at the state capitol protesting because they want to race against men. And um, all right, if that's you're what you you're going to lose. Yeah. What do, what do you want? Uh... But in this episode of Clown World, we have to turn to Caitlyn Jenner, 
for any sort of sense on the issue, asked by a TMZ reporter what um, what he thinks this week. Caitlin says boys should be banned from competing against girls uh, because it's just not fair. Based? There's legislation in various states to ban biological boys who are trans from playing girls sports in school. What's your opinion on that? This is a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girl sports in school. It just isn't fair. And we have to protect girl sports in our but, school. But, but if someone transitions and now identifies as a girl, isn't it delegitimizing their identity to prevent them? Have a them? good day. <laughs> That's uh, it. I don't even know how to feel about this. That is also, you'll recall, now gubernatorial candidate Caitlyn Jenner because the Gavin Newsom recall is officially on. So in the fall, there's going to be a vote. Do you want to replace Gavin Newsom? If yes, that face is one of the options you can pick. Is Caitlyn Jenner an accelerationist candidate or not? Good question. Based on this position, mm. no. Well, I think so because the it's so preposterous to have a tranny Republican that wouldn't that in and of itself be destructive to the Republican Party? So my vote is yes for Bruce Jenner. I don't <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but also no women in politics, but he's not a woman. Right. But he's not based on tranny on tranny sports. Because the base well, position depends who is, you ask. is, yeah. He's the position he that like, I would take, it. but I understand your perspective. Yeah. Anyway. I'm pro Bruce Jenner? <laughs> For different reasons, I suppose. We'll, we'll, we'll iron it out as the campaign continues. Mm. Um, but as someone who enjoys, as I know you do, crazy medical stories or freak accidents or weird things, did you get a chance to watch this guy's rifle explosion? Yeah crazy i couldn't believe that this happened it's kind of a frightening it's not graphic so i'm going to show a little bit of it you can be forewarned it's not graphic we're not going to show gore but it is one of the crazier youtube videos i've seen in a while this is gun youtuber kentucky ballistics he posted a video of his 50 caliber rifle exploding in his face and according to him nearly killing him and for those of you unfamiliar a 50 caliber round is a big ass round um, generally that's as large as the federal government is going to allow you to have before they call it a destructive device. Um, the, as I mentioned, it's not graphic, but the video is scary. I mean, this is something close to a grenade exploding in the guy's face. Check this out. What's up everybody. My name is Scott and I'm going to tell you about how my 50 cal exploded and I almost bit the dust about two weeks ago. That's a 25-pound rifle upper being launched into the air. So when I pulled the trigger, the gun exploded almost immediately. The doctors told me that if it wasn't for this thumb, that I would have died. This thumb saved my life. And my wife came up with a saying, she said, just put a thumb in it. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. So oh, my if, God. If you're curious about the rifle, it's a Serbu RN50. I know nothing about it, but that was the and rifle. And he didn't build it. He didn't build this rifle. No. He bought it from the manufacturer. He's been in contact with the manufacturer, he said in the video. Um, but it sounds like what happened was the round that was loaded in the rifle was too hot for it. So too much pressure, too much pressure than that rifle can handle. Uh, he said the rounds that he was using were extremely old and very rare. He said they're $100 a piece. They're not even manufactured anymore. And he was under the impression that these rounds were proper spec military surplus, but apparently not. Um now, as far as the uh, the injuries, 
a metal cap hit him in the eye and broke facial bones around his eye, but he was wearing protective glasses. So his eye will be all right. Um, a broken chunk of metal actually flew off the rifle and tore through his hat right along the side of his head. It actually ripped through the hat, but not his skull. This injury seemed like it was the worst. So that, that what you saw there was actually the surgical cut because they had to cut him open. His lung was, I don't know if it was punctured or collapsed. I think just collapsed. But he took Isn't another that the worst one. I, well, I mean, neither I'd like to have, I guess. I don't, I don't have experience with either, so I have no idea. Um, but he uh, another broke of ch- uh, a broken chunk of metal. It hit, he says it hit his jugular vein in his neck and he had a hole in his neck. And to repair his lung and the jugular vein, that's why they had to cut him open. Uh, additional injury, the stock broke his finger on his uh, bandaged up hand there. But as far as the put a thumb in it reference that he was describing... Um, his dad rendered aid right after this and and first plugged the hole in his neck with his thumb. And then he told his son, take your take your left thumb and just stick it in there. So he went all the way to the hospital with a thumb just stuck in his neck to try to stop bleeding. And the doctors say that was good and wise. Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, yeah. that's what you should do. He is a father of uh, young children, too. So and, and he said it was very realistically possible he could have died. Yikes. Moral of the story is always know what you're shooting as far as what your weapons are capable of handling and as far as what the round actually is. Um, yeah, Man, you don't want to end up in a situation like so that. He's so lucky. I bet he's thanking God. Yeah, uh, he definitely does. He, he makes a lot of thankful references in that video, which is it's about the whole explanation is about 20 minutes long. It's worth checking out. Now, um, you may have heard the viral clip of this uh, of the week which was this young man singing a song uh, to Fauci about getting vaccines. Here's a brief segment of that. Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines. Zach. Okay. No. The song was stuck in my head all week long. That, of course, is an adaptation of uh, Mr. Sandman by the Cordettes. And I was going to make an intro for the show with this song. But then I thought I better look into this in case it comes off more like I'm making fun of the kid because this is a young person and I didn't want to be too harsh on the kid. Um, But it's so easy. Well, the song is the song is mega cringe indeed. But um, if you. If you look at what's going on here, I think this is actually basically another case of adults putting a young person into a quasi political environment to do a show to affirm their political views. Think sort of like Greta Thunberg, which is the proper. Pronunciation. Yeah, really. Let's get this this 17 year old retard out there for our cause. <sighs> the R word aggressive. But JK, he's just tizzing me. <laughs> the, the context for the song is this is 17 year old Zachary um, Mogavero. I'm not sure how to pronounce the, the last name. We'll go with that. He's singing at the New York State Vaccination Hub in Henrietta, New York. Now, Zachary has been vaccinated and to encourage others to get the shot. He wrote this song and he did artwork as well. Here's the rest of um, the story. Zachary is on the autism spectrum and he has long turned heads for his amazing talents. You might call April 22nd Zachary Mogavero's encore appearance at the state vaccine hub in Henrietta. 
He came here twice to get his COVID shots. Then he came back with a gift. Not only did Zachary write a song about the COVID-19 vaccine, he drew a poster urging others to get the shot too. Let's help end this pandemic by giving out vaccines to everyone. I got excited, very excited to see all of this. We'll have a that can fight off this disease. Dr. Fauci, don't forget me. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I, I had to censor Zachary there because no one gets to say the C word when talking about the C virus. Susan will put her foot down on that one. This is so exploitive. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. I don't want to mock the kid, but I do want to know who the hell are the adults creating this scene? I mean, first of all, why is a kid being taught to worship Fauci? Why did he get vaccinated? He's 17 and outside of being tizzy, he's probably in good health. He doesn't need a vaccine. This and is he, so stupid. Well, and he's still wearing a mask after being fully vaccinated. Yeah. And part of his song is we got to get the vaccines so we can reduce restrictions and go back to normal life. But why is the mask still on? I don't understand any of this. And he's a kid who has his own issues. I'm sure I'm fully understanding of that. He's but, not a kid. Well, he's a young, he's a young man. Let's put it that way. But he, he clearly has his own issues. And I just wonder why is someone with plenty to worry about? I I'm, I'm sure being conditioned to fear something that is of statistically zero threat to him. Who's yeah. doing that? Oh gosh. I spent so much time laughing at this before I found out that he was autistic. Too. <laughs> You're not the only one. All right. The, the, I don't, I don't know how many views the video that I pulled of the song had it. Uh, it might be in the millions by now. This thing went crazy this week. It was, everywhere. this is exactly what they did with Greta Thunberg. Who's also autistic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm just guessing it's something of that similar variety. Adults put not only a young person on display, but an, a young person with issues so that they can push what they want on you. And if you say anything in response, well, you're a terrible, horrible, bad person. Yeah, that's exactly what okay. it is. Tell me about Gross. the uh, Giuliani raid. I, I didn't get to follow this very closely this week, but uh, I'm sure it, it was, was letter was of the law. Nothing. Letter of the law. They're going after. Is, is, this is all on principle. Nothing to do with politics. I'm sure it's... Uh, why are they even bothering at this point? I don't know what what. As far as I understand, they're raiding Giuliani over what Ukraine lobbying over or something. Ukraine, like that? yeah. It, this came back into public view on Wednesday when federal agents seized electronic devices from his home and office. I think it was like seven devices. So this article says the probe involves a complex web of international characters who dealt with Giuliani as he tried to stir up support for a Ukrainian investigation of the Bidens. This is during the Trump administration. Um, federal prosecutors still haven't disclosed which elements of Giuliani's work are the focus of the probe. And he was on Tucker. Um, and he said that the 6 a.m. search, which involves seven FBI agents, was unnecessary because he offered for two years to provide federal prosecutors his electronic devices and to talk it hmm. over with them. So he was like, I'll, I'll give you these. And then, <laughs> and then they still searched and seized. Um, and he also said they won't explain to me what they're looking into for two years on Tucker Carlson. Okay. So yeah, I guess, I guess this is all about um, the search warrants involved have the allegation that Giuliani failed to register as a foreign agent. And I had not even heard about this, but apparently you have to do that if you're working on behalf of another country. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, he, which he makes was, sense. 
but uh, but ap- apparently that that is the basis of this of the search and seizure. Okay. Uh, but his son was on Fox. I don't know if this was on Tucker, but his son was saying the only piece of evidence they did not take up there today was the only incriminating evidence that is in there. And it does not belong to my father. It belongs to Hunter Biden. And he was referring to a hard drive in his dad's possession. Do you remember this from, yeah. from last year? He has a copy year? of Hunter's laptop. Yes, uh, that yeah. purportedly contains a copy of Biden's laptop. Yeah, three sources told uh, familiar with told Fox that federal investigators on Wednesday did not seize this hard drive. So they could have, and they didn't, and they just took a bunch of his stuff that he was said he was going to give them a long time ago for a pointless reason, uh, for not registering as a foreign agent, which nobody's ever heard of anyway. So <laughs> they're still going after Trump. I mean, this just seems like. And then there was a there was some there was a bunch of news retractions over the weekend too about the reporting on this. I didn't have a chance to look into this in detail, but uh, surprise, surprise, the uh, Washington Post, NBC, the New York Times, they all had to retract reporting that was that had happened earlier in the week. Basically, claims that um, that Giuliani had received a warning from the FBI about Russian disinformation being the target of it, participating in it. That apparently is. Um, not correct, but shock of shocks, we have our trusty media exaggerating or seizing on on pieces of the story that are politically convenient for them only to walk them back later because urgency is the priority here as opposed to getting the facts straight. What a waste of time. The left was just going crazy about this. So I was like, oh, yeah. maybe there's something to this. And I was reading about it. I was like, oh, this is a uh, nothing. And who cares? <laughs> uh, well, let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk a little Rose McGowan then. Because okay. Rose McGowan has had episodes of seeing it clearly over the last few years, including endorsing this show. That was her brightest moment when she said that <gasps> everyone loves that. this show <laughs> multiple times. <laughs> uh, that was Rose's best moment for sure. But seriously, she recalled that she supported Tara Reid through the the Biden accusations. Now, I say that as someone who I don't be- I personally don't believe Tara Reid, but. Rose McGowan is someone who has stood on Me Too principles and she bucks, quote unquote, her team to support Tara Reid. I can respect that even if I don't agree. Um, She also had a viral Twitter thread in August calling the Democrats frauds on racial issues. So she's been skeptical of the Democratic Party for a little while now. And this week she did an interview on Fox News calling the Democrats a deep cult, saying that many of them are cult members at least as uh, she sees them. And, and she says they don't even realize that they are in a cult or may not realize. As some of you know, as some of you don't know, if you've heard my name or read anything on me in the media, I grew up in a cult and it gave me a superpower. It gave me the ability to see the control and the propaganda machine, especially in the U.S., for what it is and how it harms people and how the left can harm people just as much uh, as the right if they go very, very deep into it and ignore all other aspects of kind of reality in a way and and that you're serving a master that might not be serving you you might be in a cult too if you don't know the signs and and i do believe democrats most especially are in a deep cult that they really don't know about and aren't really aware of huh, what childhood cult did she grow up in? i was going to ask you about that because i had she references it in the interview i think they're called uh, children of god uh, children of god Yes. But I don't know anything about her history. That was the first time I've ever heard her say that. Um, Teens for Christ. 
The group initially consisted of runaway hippies and was founded on the concepts of salvation, spiritual revolution, and happiness. Okay. Well, um, I, I do want to point out for Rose McGowan, too, it's not as though she's embraced conservative or libertarian politics. Her, her views are still left wing. She's just coming out to say that I think the Democrats are big, giant hypocrites about this stuff, and they claim to represent the poor and the downtrodden and those in need of aid. But really, they're all about maintaining current power structures and focusing and um, controlling power in their own hands. But you have to start somewhere. um, What do you mean? She has to start. She has to start somewhere. Her perspective. Yeah. Yeah. She's clearly going on a journey that's been uprooting her emotionally and spiritually and is difficult and alienating for her and her current community. And she had a totally messed up life. And then she had to bang Harvey Weinstein a bunch. So, you know, what is she, what is she going to do? If, if she's on that journey, that's good enough for me. She doesn't have to be there yet. I've enjoyed watching it and I'm sure we haven't heard the last from her. So I will continue to listen when she talks. It's funny that when she starts talking about this stuff, she immediately starts to look better. (laughs) Well, she still has a weird, she's still got the weird hair thing going on, but Rose McGowan, she is 47 years old. So I, for a 47 year old woman. Yeah, sure. Um, it looks like she's taken decent care of herself. I would say mm-hmm. yeah, good for her. Doesn't that count for something? Mm-hmm. I think so. Sure. Um, as far as, uh, well, the, the, I guess what is supposedly big news this week in the political world, we're supposed to talk about Joe Biden's pretend state of the union address. I have it not watched it in full. I've seen <sighs> segments. I'm not going to tell you. I watched the whole thing. I'm not well, going to no watch did. a hardly attended speech with people fully vaccinated people in masks participating in this bizarre theater and listening to this man who can barely complete a sentence and we're supposed to clap for him as though he is the savior of the republic during dark days so we're not going to go through the whole speech but there were a couple pieces of what he said that i I did want to discuss uh he said first of all he said that the capital riot was the worst attack on the country since the civil war what was 100 that days Shapiro? since I took the oath of Wait, what? So what was that, Ben Shapiro? <laughs> Pass. Uh, but I, well, I do have thoughts, but let's hear what he had to say. Office and lifted my hand off our family Bible and inherited a nation, we all did, that was in crisis. The worst pandemic in a century. The worst economic crisis since the Great Depression. The worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. Okay. Now, to get at your point there, um, anyway, to get at your point there, Ben did circle back on those comments, and he said it was so? some of the worst imagery since 9-11. That's what it was, the worst imagery since That's 9-11. Such a shifty follow-up. <laughs> what, 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 does, what does that even mean? Uh, the worst imagery. I was duped by the imagery into thinking it was really bad. Anyway. Another small point on what Joe was saying there, talking about, oh, it's my first hundred days in office. Do you remember long ago when he said, all I'm asking for is a hundred days of masking? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look at these jackasses in masks right behind him. Fully vaccinated jackasses in masks, I might add. Okay, but but to the point, even if we take the um, the Capitol riot as advertised, um, you know, if we believe the original claim that a Capitol police officer was bludgeoned, uh, you know, the... the the heart of our democracy was desecrated. You could easily name a hundred events worse than that in the century and a half since the end of the Civil War. You could probably name a worse event in every year since 1865 if you really wanted to. Um, 
just to remind you, and it, and it of course wasn't that bad. Just to remind you how not that bad it actually was. As of now, it is expected that very few um, and possibly zero charged rioters um, will face any prison time. It's possible yeah, that nobody no goes sedition. to prison. And no sedition charges. We have uh, this. This is as of the end of March. Reuters had reported that none of the 400 who had been charged uh, had been charged with sedition, which would be an incitement of rebellion. It's possible that that happens. We're not clear of this yet, but the insurrection, the, the worst day in a century and a half insurrection, plus politically motivated prosecutors. There's no shortage of political will to bring these charges if they can possibly substantiate them, but they can't. It's the same thing with Sicknick. If you had even an ounce of evidence to work with, they would have. By the yeah. way, on Sicknick, some video evidence of those guys who assaulted him was published this week. I went through the video on a really? bunch of different angles. Yes, it's out there. Um, it does look like the guy sprays something into the general area of some Capitol Police and it hits this this female Capitol Police officer more directly and she's walking away rubbing her eyes. Sicknick oh is Sicknick is probably 20 to 30 feet away and he steps aside and is like, oh, that looks not good. Like nothing even happens to him. Oh my God. They've been hanging on to footage. Didn't get released earlier. They've been hanging on to footage of this for weeks, if not months, knowing that jack shit happened to Sicknick trying to concoct a, some sort of fanciful scheme or claim by which they could say that he was bear sprayed and died from that. Well, I'm not surprised. Insane. But in a, another Capitol riot update, um, Ashley Babbitt. Recall the only person who actually directly died from the Capitol riot. Ashley Babbitt's family is filing a $10 million lawsuit against Capitol police. Um, The Babbitt family attorney has announced. uh, So it's a $10 million lawsuit. It's against the Capitol police and the officer who shot her, who still remains publicly unnamed, at least officially. Some, some publications claim to have identified him, but as far as Capitol police are willing to disclose, he has not been identified. Is he black? Um, the alleged identity is a officer of color. Correct. Oh, oh, really? Correct. Um, given protection to whoever this officer was who shot her, uh, I probably wouldn't expect anything to come of this lawsuit. I'd expect it to disappear very quickly. I wouldn't I actually wouldn't be surprised, though, to see the Babbitt family get a payout because I think the federal government would be happy to pay them some money to shut the hell up and go away. Well, so they should get three times whatever George Floyd's family got. Well, they're they're only asking for a third. Remember, George Floyd's family know, got twenty seven million. million. So, which is obscene, you know. And and Ashley Babbitt, I don't know that much about her, but she was an Air Force vet, right? And Ashley Babbitt had done some things with her life, as far as right. I understand. She probably accomplished more than George Floyd did. Probably had a higher net worth than George Floyd. I'm guessing. She but, had made some mistakes, you know. She wasn't perfect. She did some crazy woman ex boyfriend stuff. Hmm. Granted, but gosh, you deserve to die. Well, uh, <laughs> another thing Joe said, he was um, advocating for more gun control and closing the loopholes and um, banning assault weapons, loopholes that don't exist, of course, um, banning assault weapons, banning high capacity magazines because because uh, nobody needs those things because deer don't wear Kevlar. We need a ban on assault weapons and high capacity magazines. And don't tell me it can't be done. We did it before and it worked. Talk to most responsible gun owners and hunters. They'll tell you there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a weapon. What do you think, deer wearing Kevlar vests? Okay. Will they tell you that? Will they really tell you that? Because I doubt they will. 
I, I bet David Chipman's ATF agents are going to be wearing armor. I think that's what most people are thinking about when they're yeah. uh, acquiring firearms these days. Now, it, obviously, it it's known, but it bears repeating. The Second Amendment was not, is not, will never be about hunting. There's no hunting language. The philosophy behind the Second Amendment is not about shooting deer. It's about securing and defending individual rights. And what I... Beyond the absurdity, what I didn't like about what he was saying there was, oh, there's no reason anyone would have to have a hundred round mag. Right. But you're talking about banning anything over 10. You're not talking about a hundred round drum mags. You're talking about standard capacity AR mags. You're talking about uh, the mag that comes in a standard Glock 19 being potentially illegal at 15 rounds. What are we talking about here? Not only that, but if you want to talk about efficiency, Give a capable mass shooter 10 10 round mags or one 100 round drum. He might be more efficient with the 10 mags. Those drums are not super reliable. Yeah. Anyway, uh, also, it's all... wouldn't it? I'm, I'm not well versed in, in machine in weaponry, but w- wouldn't he be able to maneuver better carrying the rounds and then reloading the mag? Well, there's Better an argument to be made. I mean, think of how much the weight of those hundred rounds is right. too. If you have that in the rifle, would it, yeah, wouldn't that be worse for maneuvering the rifle? It de- I mean, it depends. If you have a setup like the Las Vegas shooter and you're on bipods and you're way up high, maybe you want a drum mag. But if you're running around a building, yeah, it's kind of awkward for maneuvering the weapon. Yeah, yeah, and you can just but, keep the mags in a backpack or on your yeah, just on your person in a you know yeah. a vest or whatever. Um, the idea that you can't commit an effective mass shooting with 10 round mags. Uh, we're going to watch it happen. If Joe succeeds in getting, they'll come for those too. Yeah, they will. Um, but, but he just lies too. He says, Oh, oh, the, the, the last assault weapons ban of 94 to 04 that reduced crime that worked and we can do it again. Okay. Crime did drop during that time frame, but it has also dropped since the justice department commissioned a study in 2004. It concluded in part, we cannot clearly credit the ban with any of the nation's recent drop in gun violence. There has been no discernible reduction in the lethality and injuriousness of gun violence based on indicators like the percentage of gun crimes resulting in death or the share of gunfire incidents resulting in injury, as we might have expected had the ban reduced crimes with both assault weapons and large capacity magazines. It did not happen. Not that the stats would justify the violation of your rights anyway, but just so we're clear on his factual claim, that's also wrong. Um, Joe, <laughs> if, if that wasn't enough for you, uh, if that was enough Joe nonsense for you, Joe spoke at an Amtrak event okay. in uh, Philadelphia on Friday to promote his infrastructure plan. And um, this is, I guess, how we're going to recover from the pandemic and the, the economic recession that government created. We're going to have the government steal more of our money and print more fake money and shovel it into trains that nobody rides. And here's Joe Biden trying to explain that. See if you can even follow what he's saying. You know, uh, if you think about it, when we were when I was vice president with Barack, he allowed me to put together a budget for Amtrak and it had money for high speed rail at 200 miles an hour from from uh, uh, Char- excuse me, from Charlotte, one uh, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa, another line. If we had moved, Gov, we'd have that tunnel fixed in New York now. <laughs> oh, from Florida down to Tampa. Uh, yeah. 
And and if Joe Biden, if only Joe Biden had done what Joe Biden wanted to do when Joe Biden was in power for the last 50 years in D.C., we would have fixed that thing in New York that's not fixed. And he just needs more of your money to get it done. God, I'd feel bad for him. Unbelievable. He wasn't at the helm here. Yeah. Uh, This is elder abuse. This this guy can't (laughs) run the country. Yeah, uh, there's an argument for that for sure. Uh, I, I I don't want to delay any further because um, I really want to talk about this, this Chauvin juror. Uh, because what, what this guy is telling the Wall Street Journal and other media outlets is um, it's insane. It's outrageous. It's either, as you said, it's either that he has uh, no awareness that this is wildly inappropriate and all but an admission of uh, a joke trial or it's that he doesn't care. And the activism is far more important than justice, rule of law, the facts. All of those things. So last week we heard from the alternate juror at the Chauvin trial, and she was the one who was dismissed before the jury deliberated um, to convict Chauvin on all three charges, of course. And that juror um, didn't really give the impression of impartiality or objective judgment. <laughs> she she spoke about emotion and other things that were immaterial to the legal questions in play. Um, but at least you had some doubt then like, OK, that lady wasn't in the deliberation room. She was there for the trial, but she didn't make the decision. Maybe we can just kind of dismiss her as a, I don't know, a lady with dumb opinions or something. Uh, You can't really do that now because now you have 31-year-old Brandon Mitchell, who is a basketball coach, and he was on the jury. He was in the deliberation room. He was part of the decision-making. And he's now speaking with media, and he, he says that he's decided to come forward and speak with media. Where's the quote in here? Um... I got to find it because it's so brazen. Mr. Mitchell said he decided to come forward because staying anonymous wouldn't help push for change. Okay. I mean, this is activist language. No bias right there. Yeah. But I'm supposed to believe that as of uh, this time, a couple weeks ago, he was uh, objectively analyzing the facts of the case and right. applying the statutes of the state of Minnesota. He was not thinking about creating change. Then he's only thinking about it now. Okay. He, <laughs> As far as some of the other things that he says in this, he says that he was pulled over for no reason many times by the Minneapolis Police Department in his 20s. And he advises his basketball players on how to deal with these police. And and he he admits that this played into his judgment of the case and of Officer Chauvin. Oh, my God. He should have been dismissed as a juror, if he, if he had said this before the trial, he, he says, or the, the wall street journal says serving on the jury made him see how wrong it is that a person could be so afraid George Floyd in this case, and that a police officer could do them harm and that they need to change their behavior. That's he says, quote, that's also part of the reason that why I'm speaking up now, because that is a narrative that is horrible. So he sees black people being abused by police. He sees that happening to him. He saw it happening to George Floyd. And now he's speaking out because he wants it to stop. Okay. He also told the Wall Street Journal that the hardest testimony for him or the persuasive testimony for him was from George Floyd's brother. He says, I just related to it too much. Being big, you know, former athlete and all these things. It just it really hit home. It just felt like something that easily could have been me or anybody else that I know. So, again, this is along the themes of was it sad what happened? Could you relate to the person that it happened to? None of these things are questions of law or fact. Law, yeah. Ugh. Um, but it, but as far as what happened with the jury, there's even more insane admissions here. 
because that's just the guy's perspective as far as how the decision went down. We've wanted to know what, what was it like to be a fly on the wall in that deliberation room? Now we get some of that information. Um, this guy, um, Mitchell, uh, what's his, what's his name? Brandon Mitchell. Want to make sure I get it right. So according to Brandon Mitchell, the jury meets in the deliberation room. They first consider third degree murder. The vote was immediately 11 to one with one holdout. And so they had to convince this juror to change his or her mind. They said they all went around and gave their opinions. And by the time the holdout juror got to talk, that person had already changed his or her mind. Okay. This is also no. what happened on the their identity is going to be released. I'm sure. I'm surprised he hadn't. I'm surprised he didn't. He goes, he goes everywhere, but there in this piece, um, on the third degree murder charge. So that was, that was, um, the third degree murder charge, the second degree murder charge. Uh, they did, uh, I'm getting all mixed up here, but as, so the way he describes it, all the charges went exactly the same. The third degree murder charge, it was 11 to one. They all talk in a circle until the juror, uh, the holdout juror is like, ah, yeah, okay. You guys convince me second degree manslaughter charge. Same thing. 11 to one yeah. holdout. Uh, okay. I guess you guys convict me or convince me by the time they got to the second degree murder charge. According to Brandon Mitchell, he says it only took another 20 to 30 minutes to convince this person. So what, what pattern are we building here? We have one person who's like, I don't know, guys, I have some questions about this. The time to convince that person is lower and lower with yeah. each charge. Yeah. It's inference, but I would suspect that there's some pressure Boring. being applied <laughs> and being considered. Yeah, and frankly, if so. you're that juror where you're like, okay, I guess the entire room's against me. And also if I hang on long enough to create a hung jury situation, um, not only are they going to turn on me and possibly dox me in the way you're describing my city is going to burn. My house is going to be talking. Ah, fuck it. Derek Chauvin to the wolves. I want to go yeah. home. Uh, but yeah, it seems like that's what happened. I mean, what would you do if you, well, maybe that's not a great question. What would you do if you were on the jury? You would, uh, I don't know. Die with your principles. Well, I don't, I, I honestly don't know. I, I hope that I would have the courage to stand up to not only the mob out there in Minneapolis, but the mob in that room. Yeah. And, and granted I'm making some interpretation there for all. I know they were very fair to this guy, this holdout and convinced him on the facts rather than trying to mob him. I wasn't there, but here's another thing to consider. Maybe you think like, Oh, there's nothing wrong with one being a holdout and the jurors convincing that guy on the facts and on the reason he goes, you know what? You persuaded me. There's nothing wrong with that. That's how the system is supposed to work. Is that what happened though? According to, this Mitchell fellow, Brandon Mitchell, or at least the Wall Street Journal coverage of the story, quote, the jurors all had their own ideas about exactly when Mr. Chauvin's actions broke the law. But Mr. Mitchell said, quote, we all agreed on some at, we all agreed at some point that it was too much. That's not. So. They don't necessarily win. It, that matters. <laughs> They don't necessarily agree how he broke the law. They just agree that what he did was too much. What does that mean, though? What is too much? Too much in your subjective judgment or too much according to what the statutes of the state of Minnesota say? Those very important distinctions. Man. It does, we all, we, none of us agreed on how these things happen. None of us agreed on the facts or how the law applies to the facts. We just agreed, <laughs> that, we, we just agreed that we didn't like what Chauvin did. That's what he's saying. <laughs> 
because I related to George Floyd because we both played sports and grew yeah. up in the hood. And this could have been me because I do fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Can't get enough. Yeah. But yeah. Is that what you guys were asked to do? Were you asked, did you like what Derek Chauvin did? No, that's not what you were asked. You were asked, did Derek Chauvin violate the laws of the state of Minnesota? If so, how? And given the complexity of this case, I'm sorry, that is not a 20 minute question. Whether on, on the second degree murder charge that he said it took them 20 to 30 minutes to decide whether Derek Chauvin committed a felony assault, which is the prerequisite. That's how you get to that conviction. Whether he committed a felony assault on George Floyd is an incredibly complex question with a lot of re- not just reasonable doubt in my mind, conclusive doubt. But that's my opinion. Um, so uh, legally, what what could they what could they do? He's going to appeal, but can there be any kind of reprosecution based on this admission? I mean, this would be grounds for a uh, juror being thrown out during a trial. Yeah. And I have no idea what he told to the prosecution and the defense when they were doing juror questioning and all that. I have no idea what he said. Presumably he presented himself as somewhat of an impartial person. We all have biases, but it, it, yeah, it's hard to imagine that if he had stood up there and said, I'm an activist and I'm getting on this jury to spark change, that that would have been a person who was selected for the jury. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, as far as the legal process, though, I have no idea. I don't know how that would how that would play out. Mm-hmm. have to inquire with a legal mind. Uh, and not only that, they're going to go. They went hard after Chauvin on the charges, which everyone thought was an overcharge, myself included, but they're going to go just as hard on the sentencing. So court documents filed Friday by Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison show the state is going for harsher punishment than usual based on five aggravating factors. Those factors are, you tell me if these are reasonable or not. George Floyd was a particularly vulnerable victim. Um, why is it because George Floyd made himself a particularly vulnerable victim? Is that why? Um, how, how was he vulnerable? Well, he was on the verge of death due to drug intoxication, (laughs) but but he was a huge man. Didn't he weigh 250 pounds and he was like six, five or something like that. Yeah. But what you're not understanding is another point of theirs that Chauvin abused a position of authority. Oh, come on. It's a it's not physical power. It's institutional power. Don't you understand? So, so he was six, four and and two thirty hundred and fifty pounds. Six, six. Is, is oh, I didn't see that big, but maybe. Hmm. Anyway, Floyd was also treated with particular cruelty. Uh, uh, Keith Ellison's team says. And then, um, you know, the other Sherman point is was five foot nine and one hundred and forty pounds. Yeah. Almost 100 pounds lighter than George Floyd. Um, Another aggravating factor, Chauvin was part of a group committing the crime. That's not yet established. The rest of the officers are still going to be put on trial. We have not established that as a matter of fact. And then uh, I love this last one. Chauvin committed the crime in the presence of children. This is the old Helen Lovejoy argument. Won't somebody please think of the children? children. Who was uh, some child saw this happen. So Derek Chauvin needs to rot. Now. Chauvin will be sentenced on June 25th. He's facing up to 40 years in prison, I believe, on the second degree felony murder charge alone. They're going to seek something of that, uh, something of that severity when trying to trying to get the sentence on this guy. Um, Also announced this week, the Justice Department is planning to indict Chauvin on civil rights charges. Somehow Chauvin was racist or otherwise violated George Floyd's constitutional rights is what the feds are saying. 
Retarded. Retarded. And there were reports this week that if Chauvin had been acquitted, the feds were prepared to arrest him at the courthouse. Because that's how this works. Um, when the feds don't like the outcome of the justice system within a state or locale, they just swoop in with some bullshit, you know, on the spot designed way to get the outcome that they want. It's the same reason that they're going into the Minneapolis PD. Now, Merrick Garland's also going after the Louisville PD. We're, we're seeing a lot of um, federal takeover of the police force. And a lot of people speculate, is that by design? Are you talking about defunding the police and going after local police departments such that they're no longer sustainable and we have to have a federalization of police to even have an effective force? Oh my God. This brave new world that we're entering. Well, it looks like there's uh, basically no way to get a mistrial after a jury verdict. Um, it's only permitted in extremely limited situations where the jury does not render the verdict it actually intended to or where the accused wants to raise the defense of entrapment. Otherwise, it's basically impossible. So hopefully this will all be relevant upon appeal, right? It has to be. I, I would assume so, but I have no idea. That's not my area of expertise. The other consideration I would think about is, and I'm not saying that uh, Brandon Mitchell did this. I don't know the way that he presented himself, but let's say that you, when you were asked the questions when they're trying to select their jury pool, and let's say you just outright lied, like you were asked the question by the prosecutor or the defense, and you just outright lied, and then you got on the jury and you made the decision, and it comes out later that you say, and, and you say, ha, ha, just kidding, I lied, I misrepresented <laughs> myself. There's got to be some kind of criminal implication there, some sort of perjury or something. Yeah. This is, I mean, this, this is very gray, because what did Brandon Mitchell say? Like, I'm not biased, just kidding, I am biased. Well, that's really <laughs> subjective. Yeah. How do you, how would you Lying go after something like that? Sure. Anyway, a lot of interesting things to think about. Let's see. Uh, coming up next, we got a lot of mask talk. So probably be a good time for a break. That'll take a little while. Sure. Let me reload. I, this must be illegal. To misrepresent uh, yeah. in jury selection? I mean, you can't lie to get out of jury duty. No, definitely not. Uh, so how is this? I mean, this is arguably much worse. Okay, Holden Mulray says, John 6 tells how many abandoned how many abandoned Jesus. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hmm. Thank you, Holden. Thank you. Long dong, John. <laughs> A guy got convicted, jailed, and fined 12, $12 million for burning down the Minneapolis police precinct this week. I hope you've seen his mug shot. He'll spend the next four years getting passed around like Matt in the super chat. <laughs> you want to look it, up? I have not shot? seen the mug shot, but I'm going to guess that's because it was a mug shot of color. Is that maybe why? Um, maybe he's a fancy man. Let me see. Maybe not. I, I've not looked at this story much. Minneapolis man. Oh, um, well, I don't see a mug shot on him. Keep going. I'll see if I can find one. Mojack 420 movies for the list a clockwork orange and they live if somebody would stop slacking and make it already uh, they live is already on there I should put a clockwork orange on there well I have to um, correct the record he, it is not a mugshot of color uh, it, you are fake news it is, his name is Dylan Shakespeare Robinson <laughs> Dylan Shakespeare he does look like he's going to get passed around you're right oh yeah he looks like um, Elliot Page Yes, actually very close, yeah. And kind of like David Hogg. Uh, yeah, yeah, elements of both. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to open up the uh, 
treasure chest on DLive for those hanging out over there. Thank you, guys. Unorthodox thinker, Australia is now throwing its own citizens in jail for trying to return to the country. Please help us. My country has turned to North Korea. We've lost our human rights and the sheep outnumber us. We can't help you. Our company, our, our company. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip. You have uh, to sit back and you have to sit back and enjoy the show. It's the only yeah, way. Yeah, enjoy the show. What, I what, actually what are can't. Supposed to do? Oh, there we go. Now it's going. For a second, it wouldn't let me open the treasure chest. I don't know if it's going to go or not. Appreciate your patience, guys. Daniel Kunkel, I just read the Communist Manifesto. We have leaders openly stating when you own nothing, you will be happier. And the manifesto declares the goal of abolishing private property. Scary times ahead. That is the fundamental tenet of communism and socialism. Uh, people don't even seem to know that that is what they are voting for. Uh, Logan D says, Blonde, I watched the Happy Warrior video on your channel today. And it was exactly what I needed to hear despite being a couple years old. Matt, your channel has helped me uh, red pill countless normies. Thank you both. Oh, see, there you go. I'm telling you. I, I've convinced two or three <laughs> over the course of these years. I'm really holding off the apocalypse, Blonde. I'm telling you. Hey, no. that's an important, yeah. like I've said before, we need Tim no. Pools, a stepping stone to Andrew Anglin. That's, <laughs> we need that no, Andrew I, Anglin I pipeline. Seriously speaking, I do appreciate it. Um, not only for the opportunity to change some minds, but because that's the only way that new eyes and ears come to the channel as well. So thank you for that. It's huge. Um, it's it's the best thing. People ask how they can support. And I know that some not everybody can do that financially. The best way is share it with someone who's inclined to listen. Doc Bailey, I recently was told I should try to get 100% VA disability rating. I'm unsure and uncomfortable about it. I'm not missing a limb, but PTS is significantly affecting me. Mm. I'm struggling with the ethics, um, and I don't really know if I deserve that rating. And as much as it would make my life a little easier, I need to live honorably. I'm not sure what's best. What are your thoughts? Mm. Um, I think you probably should take advantage of it. Yeah, this is one of the the topics that we actually got into when I was talking to Allison. And I know that, well, I, I know that was the case for my brother is like a feeling of like, what did I do to deserve the things that are available to me? Or should I take advantage of the things that are available to me? Listen, as far as I'm concerned, if you if you served this country and especially if you if you made a sacrifice beyond that in the process, take advantage of what is offered to you. If, if anyone has earned it, it's it's those people. So. I would, uh, I would go for it, man. Uh, I would, yeah, I would take it'll what's It'll make available. your life easier. You should do it. Um, thank you for that. Mojack420. If gun violence numbers is the reason to strip everyone, everyone's rights and ban guns, then maybe ban, ban 13% and watch the homicide rate drop 53%. What are you talking about? <laughs> Solved in one year, I guess. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> President Meg Tama. Get in loser. We're going looting. It would be <laughs> unpopular opinion, but wouldn't it be fun to loot? Uh, can you remove all danger from it? No, We're removing moral you implications have the and danger. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't want to No, No, I don't think it would be fun. Okay. Remove the danger. Um, well, I guess, yeah, I guess you're, is it fun if you remove the danger? I don't know. Do I take joy in, uh, in stealing shit from people? Not really. Do I take I joy in, in just like random chaos? Also not really my jam. So probably no, I'm out on that. It's your genes, you know. Hmm. Stops like, you from wanting chaos. I like stability and I love <laughs> respecting people's rights. It's the best. Oh, <laughs> gross. Logan Orr, just a reminder if any Marines who know about AAV accidents, please email me. 
congressional mm. hearing tomorrow. It's time to hold the brass accountable. Thank you, Logan. That's right. Um, I did get his email, but I didn't hear from anybody. So if you're if you're a person who is interested in the um, Marine Corps, what are they? I, I what's the what are they called? They're they're vehicles. The vehicle crashes. AAV. AAVs. If you know about that or you're interested in getting involved in that, email me. I'll connect you with Logan. Hey, jet pilot. It takes all my restraint to not yell at all the morons still still wearing their face blankets, especially outside. And Matt saw the show on Allison's show. Um, thanks for sharing your brother's story. Well, thanks for tuning into it. Like I said, it, I'm glad to have done it and it worked out better than I thought. And uh, it's something I've wanted to talk about a little more openly for a long time. I just it's it's weird to sit down and make a video about something so personal and emotionally difficult by yourself. So I just yeah. never did, you know, but talking about it is probably a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Um, let's circle back. For the rest of sure. Let me, uh, catch up on tippy stream. We'll check in on D live and Trovo as well over on Trovo, Dakota gym and late to the party renewing subscriptions. That is appreciated. And on D live, we have Tori D with a, a, a Tori D says, um, here's a few movies to add to the list. Falling Down, Donnie Darko, and Big Trouble in Little China. All of those would Donnie be Donnie Darko. Me. Ugh. Isn't that Jake Gyllenhaal? Ugh. I can't remember. I've never Get seen out of it. Town. Don't don't, um, don't just, watch. just a couple on Tippy Stream here. If I can navigate their bizarre interface. Here we go. Uh Attack Alpaca. Says, uh, congrats to the two of you on five years. I'm glad I, or, I'm glad that I've been a fan for about three and a half of those years. Maybe if the show was going for another twenty, um, by the time your kids will, uh, by that time your kids will take the rain. That would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, I doubt it. I doubt that's going to happen. But, um, but I was looking at it, and um, I was going to do like a little five year anniversary segment, maybe, but. Um, according to the audio feed, the first post was like mid May. So we're still a couple weeks ahead. Was it really? Yeah. At least according to the, maybe we had something on YouTube prior. I don't know. No, I, I trust your, uh, your measurement, but appreciated. Thank you very much. And, uh, maybe we'll do something in the coming weeks. Yukon Don says, I watched your interview with Allison Morrow. And like most people that watched it, I was more than a little moved by it. Thank you for sharing the story. God bless. Well, thank you for keeping the show. We running. love you. You're very special. And in addition to being happy to share the story, um, I appreciate that you and hopefully others found some kind of value in it. The, the, the number one thing I didn't want to make was a sob story. That was not the point of any of it. It's not to feel bad for my brother. It's not to feel bad for me. That was That's not the intent with which I make it. The, the things that I hope to have people get out of it, which it sounds like you did, are questions about what is a life well lived and how is a life well lived when it seems like something of crucial importance is removed. Those are, uh, those are, those are things that my brother taught me a lot of lessons about and things I've had to teach myself in the aftermath. So thank you for that. It's, it's hugely appreciated. Um, Bo Cephas says, Matt, make sure you watch the original red Dawn. It's the implausible story of people illegally entering a country and taking over a town go Wolverines. Uh, also tomorrow is deadlift day. Um, so that's the Wolverine reference. I'll probably have to watch it just so I understand the chat. Monday is deadlift day. You say, okay, we can uh, give it a shot. Although I, I, I'm not the greatest deadlifter. You'll be shocked to, to realize you get sore hamstrings if I try it, but 
I'll work on it. Um, Phil says, uh, funny how Bruce Jenner is one of the last Republicans with balls. Hold on. <laughs> Ew. There we go. And by funny, I mean terrible. At what point do we <laughs> deserve Sodom and Gomorrah treatment? It's probably That's long past, question. to be honest. Do you yeah. think? It's time. Mm-hmm. Xander says, did you hear about the cop who went viral for making fun of LeBron James? I did. Oh, he was it was just- so funny. Yeah, it was a pretty funny bit. I, I should, probably should have given it some time tonight. Um, Did he get fired? He's He got suspended. As the chatter said, he was suspended for it. Most shocking thing is the cop works in Idaho and not some liberal state. Where is he from? I didn't catch it. I don't know. Uh, I, I just know he's from Idaho. I don't know whereabouts. Okay. Well, it, I, I know that he's suspended, but it's, I know he also had a huge GoFundMe haul. So he'll probably be taken Did care he? of. And the, the original video was really funny, too. It's, uh, People didn't see. He just he's he sees a stabbing in progress and he calls LeBron to ask how he should handle it and goes from there. It's it's well done. Phil says uh, the left always uses innocence as a shield for their causes. The autistic kid in this episode is just the latest example. There's a reason they used uh, that pick of Alan Curdy to push the refugees in uh, in Europe in 2015. I actually don't know that reference. Do you? K-U-R-D-I. Um, Phil also says... Oh, the, the dead Turkish kid. On that's, the, oh, that's right. The, yeah. the one on like the beach. On the beach. Yeah, yeah that's right. The, he says the left take power mostly by default because the right refuses to fight back. The de-Trumpification of mainstream politics is because they are making sure that a competent right winger never comes to power. We tread or we die. Well, as reluctant as I am, uh, tread on them politics are on my mind more often than they used to be these days mm. but that's that's because we're being treaded upon in many ways anyway um defensively sh- of defensive course training. as always susan we will circle back to the chat a little later um, in the show i'll have to just circle back with you and i want to move into some stories about masks and just our general continued corona insanity so on thursday <laughs> I'm amazed that anybody actually consults this stupid chart when considering activities. And do some oh, people really do this? Apparently, I'll t- I'll I'll show you a few in a moment. Uh, but Rochelle, uh, impending doom, Walensky, she actually did circle back on her impending doom claim and said something to the effect of, "I'm no longer afraid of impending doom. My impending doom fear has subsided." So, if you <laughs> Are worried if, if you if, if you consult Rochelle Walensky for whether you should fear impending doom, you're in the green zone now. But they they released this chart that shows the green zone for masking. So if you're fully vaccinated, um, you can basically do everything outside without a mask unless you're at like a rave, more or less, like a crowded <laughs> outdoor environment. They say you don't have to wear a mask outside anymore. And then if you're unvaccinated. Some environments like walking with your with members of your household or at a small gathering, they say you can still be not wearing a mask outside. But you look at this and you think, who the hell has been wearing a mask outside this entire time? I never have. No, I've even been in California during some of this and I never wore a mask outside. And it's not like people tried to get me to. I saw some people doing it. A lot of people still are doing it around here. I got to say mask outside in Idaho. There are not a ton of people, but I see it. Every once in a while. <sighs> okay. So it's way worse in Colorado. I will say that. So, so I guess people do this. Um, but the, if you're, if you're the average person, there's two ways you can, you can look at this. You can think, okay, if you're telling me that even when I have 
when I'm fully vaccinated, you're telling me I still have to wear a mask outside sometimes. Okay. Obviously the only way normal is ever coming back is if I just go back to normal. That's, that's the proper reasonable person conclusion. But the other conclusion that some people have is that Rona is so scary that we're going to continue living this way forever. And we should continue to do things as insane as wearing masks outside. And that's how we get to Joy Reid on MSNBC, who has a doctor come on to explain these this guidance. And she says, you know, I, I still double mask when I go jogging in the park. And some people give me a hard time over that. Is that reasonable? Are they being mean to me? And Dr. Gupta, I am among the fully vaccinated, uh, joined Team Pfizer, uh, and I did go jogging today in the park. Uh, and I did, this was the mask that I wore with a doctor's mask under it. And most of the people that I saw that were in the park, the park was packed. I would say like 95% of the people still had masks on. There are people who are getting really upset about that. I won't name them. Should people be freaking out that some people like myself who are vaccinated are still wearing masks outdoors? Should we do that? Well, definitely not. Good evening, Joy. I, I, I think you're going to see residual masking based on personal preference for, for months, if not years after this pandemic is over. So, no, that's I think that's nobody should judge anybody else's personal uh, health decisions. Having said that, I will no. say that the CDC was well timed to put this out there because there is no data. Frankly, there's not been data for many months now that outdoor transmission is a thing. You hear that? Nobody should judge someone else's health decisions. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'm never getting a vaccine. Oh, that's that's odd. I'd like to go into a grocery store without wearing a mask and not be accosted. Yeah. Uh, is that an option or are we going with this? Well, in they, that don't, case, they don't mean it like that. Yeah. Uh, in that case, those health decisions are not to be respected. But even what this doctor says, oh, you know, uh, this CDC guidance is actually very well-timed. Why is that? Because there's never been any data to support wearing masks outside. How is it well-timed? That means it was irrational bullshit nonsense Forever. for months. Yeah. And then you want to, you're admitting retro, like retroactively, the stuff we've been doing, your guidance has been bullshit, no data support for months. But now this guidance comes out, oh, this must be sensible. This one's based on the science, guys. You can count on it. I bet. Um, and just, uh, I mean, the obvious point I can't even goes without saying, but who the hell wears a mask while exercising in the name of health? I can't think of anything less healthy than restricting your breathing while you're challenging your body with physical exertion. Yeah. And, and the answer to that is apparently, uh, people in the state of Oregon by state mandate. Did you see this high school runner? Yes. Poor kid. Although, you know, I don't know what she, nobody's making her run. She should have just quit. <laughs> she will once um once uh they get the once once they get the the transgender athletes to race against she will quit then yeah. but but up until recently or as a result of this case the state in, in oregon said that high school athletes running track and field had to wear masks during their events and according to one bend oregon student athlete her name is maggie williams and her coach uh they say this caused her to pass out while crossing the finish line at a recent race Maggie Williams just seconds away from setting the Summit School record in the 800 meter. A moment of glory overshadowed by this moment of concern. Williams finished in two minutes and eight seconds, collapsing as she crossed the finish line. I felt like I just wasn't being able to get a full breath and multiple times of that happening, not being able to get enough air. It just, I just felt super dizzy yeah. and then eventually 
passed out. Williams blames her lack of oxygen on the mask she's required to wear during competition. Clearly in the past this has never happened and then this race that I was wearing a mask it did happen which I don't think is a coincidence. Her coach echoing that belief saying this was not a conditioning issue it was a mask issue. It was a different response than I've seen for kids that have uh, collapsed to the track just because they were exhausted. She wasn't sure where she was. <laughs> Turnbull told News Channel 21 he considered yeah. not letting his athletes run again with the current guidelines in place. So he and Williams called on the Oregon Health Authority to make a change. We were so fortunate this didn't end up in a, a real serious injury with Maggie, but we shouldn't gamble on the next one. OHA listened, releasing this updated mask mandate Monday afternoon. The guidance will allow people to take off face coverings when competing in non-contact sports outdoors and maintaining at least six feet of distance from others and the other virus protective protocols. I had the exact same reaction as you. Bitch, why are you still wearing a mask in this yeah, interview? Yeah, take off your fucking mask. It's like, well, she's a high schooler, so. I, yeah, I guess, but Okay, now did you catch in the guidance from the state? Uh, a guidance is probably an improper word. It is required for for high school competition. These are the requirements from the state. Did you catch in their language, their revised language? Okay, you don't have to wear one in competition. Not you don't you have still to wear have to during practice. Mm-hmm. Here's the revised guidance. The guidance will allow people to take off coverings when competing. The exception will not apply while training and conditioning for these sports or for oh wait 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 maybe am i misreading this the exception will not apply while training and conditioning for these sports or for yeah. competitions yeah but then it says so does that mean you do or you don't have to while training and conditioning? you don't have to during practice yeah oh okay all right good i misread this because i thought they were saying like, that's you retarded, still have you to spend way more time doing doing this during practice than you do during competition so the exception will not apply before and after competing I'm confused by the language here. Basically, the, they're, so you have to wear it before and after you run, just not while you're running. Even if the running is practicing and you conditioning. You don't have to wear it during practice. Let me read I, I hope that's what I'm reading here. I'll have to circle back on this. I'm confused by the language. Um, but if they're telling you, you you have to wear one while training, but not while competing, I don't know. At the end of the regardless of whatever their confusing language here says, the proper answer is stop. Li stop listening to these jackasses. Rip your mask off while you're running the race. <laughs> what are they going to do? Tackle you? Yeah. They're going to stop you? I guess they might kick you out of competition, which would be really consequential for a young lady trying to advance her running career, whatever she's trying to do. But th these people aren't going to stop until you stop complying with them. And we're never going to stop complying with them. That's what led to this ridiculous segment with Savannah Guthrie on the Today Show. Um, she was interviewing Dr. Fauci about this new CDC guidance, and she's asking Dr. Fauci, she's telling Dr. Fauci a story, asking him why she, as the mom, can take her mask off when she picks up her daughter at the bus stop, but her daughter has to keep a mask on while they're walking home outside. Uh, here, here's the segment. This is absolute nonsense. I'll tell you a story. I walked to pick up my little girl at the bus stop yesterday after the CDC recommendations came out. I took off my mask. I waited for her. There was no one else around. She got off the bus with her little mask on. She had to wear her mask. I didn't on the walk home. When are kids going to be able to take off those masks and play outside at the playground? Well, first of all, kids will ultimately wind up getting vaccinated. They are unvaccinated now because children can't get vaccinated now. And for that reason, 
they are more at risk of getting infected because they are out in the community where there is a lot of infection. But isn't it a weird situation because I'm not fully vaccinated yet. I can take off my mask and walk home. She can't. Like, aren't, doesn't that just point up that the CDC guidelines, there's some kind of disconnect if that's the situation? You're asking now if your child is a member of your household, can you walk outdoors with your child without a mask? According to that chart, the answer is yes. But the child can't, not to beat it, yeah. beat it to death. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> I I honestly have no idea what the hell he's I think he's saying that if you're an unvaccinated adult, you can walk outside with members of your household without a mask, but children can't because reasons. So you can walk with your child without a mask, but your child can't walk with you without a mask, I believe is the correct uh, conclusion, which is, of course, absolute nonsense. But uh, but as nonsensical as that is, I'm actually more pissed at Savannah. Because it's like, bitch, who is that kid's mom? Is Dr. Fauci that kid's dad? I know. Is the CDC that kid's dad? You are. This is what happens. You know, we gave Fauci this power, an unelected official and a short man. (laughs) We gave him this power. And of course, now he's going to be like, oh, this is the first time in my life. Anybody's listened to me because I'm so short. So now I'm going to... Who looks to Dr. Fauci and says, this man directs my Everybody. Parenting. You know, I saw in Colorado somebody with a sign in their yard that said, in Fauci we trust. Yeah, he is a quasi-religious icon like that. It's incredible. And you saw those try guys. They were like, ooh, oh my God, yeah. ooh, I'm going to cream my pants because I can see Dr. I swear Fauci. to God, if the CDC said you have to shoot your child in the head to avoid coronavirus, Savannah Guthrie would go, <laughs> why? As she's, you know, pulling <laughs> know. the trigger, blowing <laughs> her kid's head off. Why did I have to do this? Dr. Fauci, you don't have to. He's not the parent of your kid. Maybe stop for one moment and think critically about whether you agree with the guidance or not. If you do independently, great. You do that. If you don't, tell Fauci to fuck off. He he is not your kid's dad. Stop treating him like he is. This will be over when people say it's over and when people get coronavirus and then just start voluntarily spreading it through society. That's what they, that's what we need to do. I'm sure a lot of that has basically already happened. Yeah, but we, we need this to be over with. Uh, people should, from the beginning should have been taking no precautions at all, including not self-isolating. The only thing that we should have done is protect the elderly. I agree with that, that you, you protect the uniquely vulnerable and the rest is, there's no yeah, point. You don't shut down society for that. You send them to school. You know, well, that's what we should I don't know have been the, doing. I guess I, well, I could entertain, intentionally spreading it might be a little bit too far for me, but I can. Why? If people used to I have chicken pox parties. If, it, if it's a virtual inevitability that you're going to contract the virus, why wouldn't you just get it over with? Well, as long as, here's what I worry about. If everybody in that arrangement consented to it, but if you're intentionally spreading it to a person who does not consent, I would not, uh, that's where I would, if it's inevitable that you're going to get it, then your consent is implied when you mingle with people in the world. Some of that is true that there is risk that's taken when you go out into the world. I agree with that. And if you don't accept I'm not saying any of that risk, sneeze in somebody's mouth, but like just treat, you know, just, just go about your business. Did Susan shut us off for medical misinformation yet? <laughs> I don't know. But speaking of things that should be done, whether we're talking about medical stuff or whether we're talking about just getting past Corona tyranny, uh, what happened in Vail, Arizona is a step in the right direction. Although I don't know if they got the results that they wanted, but I liked to see the spirit. What, what exactly happened here? Um, yeah. So they didn't quite get it right. 
they, okay. they they got it a little wrong. But this on Tuesday, the Vail School Board, which covers this district near Tucson, um, they called the police after over I read over 200 and then I read over 100. So somewhere in between those two numbers after these parents descended on the event, rallying for the area to drop the requirements to wear masks in schools. And then because of the commotion, the board made the decision to adjourn the session early. Uh, and then the protesters incorrectly assumed that they had quit their positions. And so they proceeded to elect what they thought was a new school board. Um, but that was not it because they, they hadn't quit. They had just left. Okay. So, so the, the outcome is not what they thought it was, but some of the scenes of the protest I thought were kind of inspiring. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's some of the video. Okay, maybe a little emotional, but the themes are there. Just give it a second. Voices be heard. At around 7.10, you hear parents demanding their voices and the voices of their kids be heard. But let's go back to around 6 o'clock. Parents and self-proclaimed freedom fighters protesting peacefully with signs, asking for masks to at least be optional. From what I've seen, these parents aren't going to take no for an answer, and I don't blame them. I believe state law is on their side. Parents have the right to make the choice. That is the statute. I think they need to have the option. I think it's a parent's right. Clock hits 6.20. Parents start walking in without masks, quickly exceeding capacity. Kega 9 walked inside and heard the superintendent say the meeting was canceled. So please leave now. What time does the open meeting start? Please, please. No, no, I'm asking you a question. You're an elected. You work for the people. What time does the meeting start? Protesters did not leave the meeting room until 7 p.m., which is the time a sergeant with the sheriff's department set for them to go. Once they walked out, our crew followed and was met with this. Eventually, a deputy agrees to escort a parent into the meeting room to negotiate a peaceful end to the rally. The district and the board allowed five students to speak. Each one walked in with a parent. Two board members left, leaving three others and the superintendent to listen to the parents without violating open meeting laws. And media was not allowed in. Okay. I, I mean, I'm with the parents on this. However, uh, I just think that they should be homeschooling at this point. Just give up on the public school system. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, these children yeah. are being indoctrinated with uh, incredible viewpoints. Just but at the same time, your tax money is being extracted to pay for it. That's true, too. Yeah. So you you do have some stake in it regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, this stuff has been shoved in all of our faces by force and maintained in all of our faces by force. If you can switch that political pressure to be against some of these people, I, th- I I honestly think probably half the people that are wearing masks, if not more, are doing it just because they want to go along to get along. They just don't want to be yeah. harassed. And if you switch that dynamic where masking is now no longer the norm and viewed as kind of odd, a lot of the people who bend easily to the pressure will start to bend back to normal, um, which is what the, like none of this stuff is normal. We're being conditioned yeah. to believe that it's normal, but it's not. And if you think that people are making decisions based on the science. Um, <laughs> there's some interesting evidence against that. We all kind of know this intuitively, but there was, um, there was a great Babylon B satire article this week. And the, the headline was uh, unclear what political party man belongs to since he's wearing both a MAGA hat and a mask. And I thought that was really good because they, <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, when I see a mask, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say that I assume your politics, um, but it's it's something I close. <laughs> it's it's something close. Um, and and leftists say, oh, well, I can't believe you've made this political. 
can't believe you've made mask wearing political. Well, um, it only got political when you applied force, when you coerced everybody into doing it, and when you accosted people for choosing otherwise. So at, at the start of this, I really had no care whether someone wanted to wear a mask or not. Now I view it as a political indicator because it's been uh, put on people's faces by force. And so I view that as the will of a political actor and maybe compliance with that political actor. But yeah. um, th- this is where it gets interesting. Left-wing people even admit this. This is anecdotal. It's very weak evidence. I'm not saying this is a, a, a scientific survey of people, but... Uh, headline in the post-millennial. It's just something I think is kind of broadly true. Uh, fully vaccinated liberals are scared to take masks off, masks off out of fear of being labeled Republicans. <laughs> what <a bunch laughs> this, is a, pussies. this is a reference to uh, a DCist column uh, that was published earlier in the week. This is their overheard of the week column. There were two women in their 20s overheard in public debating the merits of mask guidelines, not on health grounds, of course, but on uh, political grounds. One of them said to the other, quote, I guess I'm vaccinated, so I don't really have to wear a mask outside, but I really don't want people to think I'm a Republican. And then this post-millennial author uh, says another woman she knows told her the same thing recently. Um, This friend of her says that she's fully vaccinated, but still wears a mask still wears a mask so that people don't think she's a Trump supporter. Oh my God. Why are we doing this? Are we doing this because people are independently make decisions, making decisions about health and science, or are we doing this because there exists a whole bunch of political and social pressure to do it. And it's, it's a cue to other people about what your viewpoints are, what your philosophy about authority is. Is that what's going on? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, people, this virtue signaling thing, it, it has a, a physical manifestation now. Basically, and, yeah. Yeah, they have an it opportunity is, it is like to a big, show everybody. I'm such a good person sign. <laughs> it effectively is that it's a theatrical performance in that way. When and, really the good person is the person with coronavirus that's sneezing in people's mouths. Yes, the person, uh, yeah, the person actually uh, spitting on your toddler at the grocery store. That's the real hero. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, just one little, one little additional piece of information on uh, the science. I have not independently confirmed this letter, but I believe it to be true. And you could confirm it by sending your own freedom of information request. Maybe I'll do that just to see, but just to further emphasize how there is no science to this show and masks are not in fact effective at, at mitigating coronavirus spread. Uh, recently members of a group called moms for Liberty on Twitter sent a records request to the CDC asking in part for the science that we're always told about as in randomized controlled studies that show that cloth face coverings stop the spread of coronavirus. And the CDC responded with a letter and they said, we are not aware of any of such studies. Um, they do have experimental data with links. So they they didn't respond with nothing. They have some links for you to look at. But of course, what do we end up with? We end up with um, spraying aerosols through cloths on dummies. We're not talking about studying real people in a real world environment. And in case you, you aren't aware, a randomized con- uh, controlled study in this context would mean you'd take a, uh, a population of people and you'd randomly assign them to a mass group and a non-mass group. non-mass group. group. Yeah. You'd ask them to live their lives and you'd see if there were different outcomes with coronavirus. The only time this has been done was with a study in Denmark, and the results showed absolutely no meaningful difference uh, between the masked group and the unmasked group in terms of coronavirus transmission. And that the sounds critics, like evidence to me. 
And the critics, or at least a lack of, a scientific lack of, which usually means we assume the doubt position. Um, and the critics of, of wanting to see more scientific randomized controlled studies on this say, well, yeah, but you're asking to send people out into society without masks on. That's reckless. This isn't always ethical. The scientific method isn't always ethical. Okay. you, I'll sign up right now to be yeah, in the non-mask Why wouldn't you group. just allow people to, to sign up based upon their existing preferences? I'll, I'll volunteer. And if you're yeah. telling me if you can find volunteers for the experimental vaccine, you can't find volunteers for not wearing a mask among other people not wearing a mask. That can't be done ethically. Okay. Uh, that sounds like nonsense, but go with that. Um, anyway, that's, that's, that's all I have to say about the, uh, the CDC mask science. We're a, man, we're getting tight on time, so we should probably keep it moving. You want to just, um, just finish it out and then, yeah, let's do that. Thank you for your patience. Super chatters. Okay. I, I, I was excited to hear about this story. You say this lady flung a person into the air. Uh, yeah, yeah. A police officer, no less. Okay, tell me the story. And I have the I don't clips. know how to pronounce her name. It's Jessica Bouva. I like Beavis because it reminded me of Beavis <laughs> and Butthead. But yeah, I, seriously, I bet it would be like Bouvet, Bouva. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. She posted this two-hour live stream on Facebook um, uh, as part of her Face the Reality radio show, and she gets totally fucking plastered. And she talks about the trial of Chauvin and George Floyd, and she plays that song, Fuck the Police. And then she starts rambling because she's clearly like really, really drunk, um, talking about how she likes guns because they're pretty and she's pro-capital punishment. And she said potential death is just part of the job for cops, which does not age well because she gets in her car. Some of this sounds kind of like our show, actually. It doesn't sound totally far off. We don't get wasted, though. No, I have one beer. It's the Christine Blasey Ford rule. One beer. Except for I remember everything, unlike Christine Blasey Ford. (laughs) That's true. So she's seen vaping and drinking an unknown dark liquid from a plastic cup, which turned out to be wine. And then she was was washing the wine down with vodka. Hmm. Um, And later she confessed to guzzling vodka, wine, and smoking weed before the incident. So then a few hours later she gets into her Volkswagen and she plows into NYPD highway officer Anastasio Sakos. Um, he was 43 on the Long Island Expressway. It was around 2 a.m. He was redirecting traffic following a separate accident in Queens. And she veered off the road. She struck him head on. He was launched 150 feet into the air. They took him to the hospital That's and he was so pronounced hard. dead. Do they yeah. say how fast she was going? No, they don't know. I mean, yet. That's that's so high. She must have been going really, really fast. I mean, 150 feet in the air. We saw this in the um, the highway incident in Seattle, and that yeah. guy was going like he was going like 70 miles per hour. Was he? It's hard to tell because the the footage was kind of far away. But those people definitely didn't launch 150. That was yeah. that was that was maybe like tens of feet. I, there was no way. I am was... incredulous that he was actually launched 150 feet into the air. It says. Um, According to the New York Post, I don't know. I, I hesitate to believe that. that seems high. impossible. That's so I mean. high. Yeah. And her car was was messed up, but like the front windshield was smashed. So could could he have been launched 150 oh, feet into the air from I, her front windshield? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that her doesn't car even is seem really possible. messed up. She crashed. I had not seen the picture of the car until now. She crashed mm-hmm. into some big light post or something, but it looks like the car was on fire or something. 
That was, yeah, like- that was after the accident, though. But there was like okay. a human body shaped crush mark in the windshield and the, the front. Yeah, the front bumper. Oh, okay. Um, here's some more images of the car. I think she's yeah. looking at 15 years. Well, I have some video of the end of her stream and then her walking out of whatever the justice facility is into a car. Here's some of the uh, video. This is the end of the stream. Back here on Face of Reality Radio, on the Instagram and on the Facebook. And until then, the police. Jessica, anything you want to say for yourself? Anything you want to say to the officer's family? I'm so sorry, she says. It's hard to hear, but... Uh, yeah. Bummer. Does she advocate capital punishment for herself? <laughs> no, but I mean, it, this is a manslaughter situation, so... Uh, yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. I take it there's no felony murder law in New York, then. They can't give her the old Derek Chauvin. No, she's looking at 15 years, probably manslaughter. All right. We will update if we learn more on that story. Uh, Real quick um, story on, uh, well, other opinions about the police, I suppose. This is Cypress College. It's a community college outside of L.A. And a student was giving a presentation in his communications class about cancel culture and why he thinks it's destructive The student's name is Braden Ellis. He was describing the effort to cancel Paw Patrol due to anti-police sentiments. I don't even remember that one, but apparently they went after Paw Patrol. And he gave a recording of his professor's response to the Daily Wire. The professor and the fellow student in the video, as far as I know, are unnamed. But the professor berates the student for not understanding how racist and dangerous the police are. Um, The other student just has some silly points to make talk about those on the other side you brought up the police in your speech a few times honestly the whole reason police uh, i mean it's it's, it's systemic the issue is systemic because the whole reason we have police departments in the first place where did it stem from what's our history it stems from people in the south wanting to capture runaway slaves maybe they shouldn't be heroes maybe they don't belong on a kid's show uh so i disagree with the what jeremy jeremy said about it because uh i think cops are heroes and they have to have a difficult job but we have to have all of them oh i'm not i mean i'd say uh, a good majority of them you have bad people in every business and every part yeah, well, a lot wait, of wait, police wait. officers have committed atrocious crimes and have gotten away with it and have never been convicted of any of it. And, and I say this as a person who has family members <laughs> who are police officers. What do we call when we're in trouble and someone has a knife or a gun? I wouldn't call, call the police. police. Why wouldn't you call the police? I don't trust them. My life's in more danger. Who would you call? In their presence. Professor, who would you call? I wouldn't call anybody. Well, would you have, if someone intruded your house with a gun, what would you, would you have a gun on you or who would you call? It's my time to go. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to be with a gun. There's not much you can do at that point. Calling the police is kind of just, you know. And I know that it's not popular for me to say that to you guys and and people in here, but that's what I believe about the police. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. Oh my God. Uh, I know I'm not supposed to laugh at people's, appearances and ad hominem attack (laughs) yeah (laughs) this guy is the security expert the (laughs) i'm sure he's a very nice young man i shouldn't be so mean but he he looks like a a ginger jonah hill to me from superbad or something like that 
I mean, what what would be her plan if she got in some hot water? But that's a, that's a great question. And that's what's interesting about this exchange is who's the professor and who's the student? One person was very calm in presenting his viewpoint, very respectful in allowing other people to speak. And the other is is just um, is enraged and interrupting and being totally disrespectful and trying to cram her views down someone else's throat instead of just have a discussion. And mind you, it's a communications class with someone who I assume has a Ph.D. in communications. And can hardly communicate herself. I mean, she's just throwing around buzzwords. Uh, it's systemic. It, it's origins. It, we have to think of, you know, just all the buzzwords thrown around. It doesn't mean anything. And she, and this is a person who supposedly is teaching our young people how to communicate effectively. Yeah. Isn't anybody worried about that? Why would you go to college? It's point? getting harder. Well, that guy needs to be a plumber. Be a plumber. He, I, it's hard to imagine he's getting anything worthwhile out of this particular class. Absolutely. What, what is the value of this? And even beyond just the insanely annoying browbeating of him by the other two, by the teacher and the, the other student wasn't that rude. I shouldn't be too tough on him, but I just enjoyed, oh, what I just, I just enjoyed the perspective of if someone comes to your home with a weapon, that's it. Your day is your life is over. You surrender them and they get your property. Yeah. You guys don't it. want guns, but that sounds pretty sweet to have a gun. If I walk into anyone's home with a gun, I'm entitled to the uh, to the entire place. It's their property. Yeah. I, I, I wish that could have been fleshed out just a little bit more. But, you know, there was only three minutes of video or something like that. I won't call the police because they're racist and they endanger me. And if someone comes to my home to threaten me, I also won't have a gun because those are bad. So I will just surrender. He, the, the guy, the kid says, if someone comes to your house uh, with a gun, like, what are you going to do at that point? I'm going to shoot him with a gun. Yeah. Or he's going to shoot me. I'm not pretending like I'll get, I'm guaranteed to survive, but I'm not going to get down on my knees in my own home and beg for my life and property before a home intruder. No, of course not. And she was trapped. That's why she's like, okay, conversation over. Gotta go. Yeah. He did a great job. Uh, hopefully he leaves matter. this place. doesn't matter. He didn't get anywhere. <laughs> hopefully he moves on very quickly. What was this? Cypress College? Yeah. It's just, I don't know much about it. It's a community college outside of LA from what I gather. Oh, what a waste of time. This kid needs to quit. Quit school. Everybody quit school. There's probably greener pastures for him. I, I have a hard time imagining this is the best pathway for him, but um, good for him for fighting the fight, I suppose. Uh, I do have a couple of hoax hate before we uh, round out the evening. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? In a story that has all the makings of a Bubba Wallace sequel, six, six supposed nooses were found at a, a Amazon facility in Windsor, Connecticut, under construction, this Amazon mm. facility. So in this case, they were not um, garage door poles like they were in the NASCAR case. They were <laughs> ropes hanging from steel beams in the ceiling, at least some of them. And when I first saw the headlines, I thought, OK, someone just ran around this giant facility putting ropes around for fun to have a laugh. That's not actually what happened. These were nooses found in sequence across multiple days. So one was reported and discovered by police on Tuesday. 
And a second was reported on Wednesday. So police returned to this facility and they found that second noose. But they said, quote, it was not a noose, period. And and that was the end of the elaboration. So I don't know what image, which one the image on the screen is, but they went back the second day and they said, that's that's not even a noose. That one's just, a, I don't know, a loop or something. OK, then officers returned to the site on Thursday when five more ropes were discovered. So was it seven? I don't know. Six or seven. Five more were discovered. And then police said these could be interpreted as nooses. That was the language. Uh-huh. Let me make uh-huh. sure I get it. could be interpreted as nooses five more on Thursday. So that to me again implies that the quality of the noose making was not, uh, not very good. Now there are no leads or suspects at this time. Again, the site is under construction. So the contractor building this uh, Amazon facility, they've pledged to keep an eye out for any shenanigans, but also that contractor is conducting anti-discrimination and discrimination awareness training for all employees on the site why nothing happened one one worker on the site interviewed uh for this daily mail story says he left georgia for connecticut to escape this sort of racism but he's very discouraged to see it uh up north i guess now i you tell me how you interpret this but i think that this sounds like someone who typically wants to make racism discovered at a place of work or whatever, for whatever advantage that might be achieved. But it sounds to me like they really sucked at it at the start. This would be similar to really botching your first spray painted swastika, but getting better as the week goes on. (laughs) Like, like they went from, they went from not a noose to be could to could be interpreted as a noose. So they're, they've, they've improved. If you assume that it's the same person or the same group of people doing this as the week goes on. So sick of this bit. Did you think we'd be doing this bit for five years? I will never quit this bit. This is my favorite. No, I'm not actually sick of the bit. I'm just sick of people still doing the same low budge hoax hate. It's like, step it up. Well, I I really thought that Jesse Smollett was going to be a defining moment in hate hoaxes that people would develop a skepticism. It's still just as lucrative. We said... That 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 was the end of this segment. It, it, there's probably more. It would be over, yeah. There's probably but more there's than ever. More. And people are still cashing in. And if you're the sort of person who sees a claim like this and goes immediately to the GoFundMe and sends them a hundred bucks captioned stay strong or something like that. A hate has no place here. Then um, it's on you. Yeah. You're a buffoon. I'm sorry. But I just... expect them to up their game. I want to see like Bigfoot style security footage of people at an Anne Frank Memorial in SS uniforms. Like I, I want, I want more effort from you guys. This is fucking lazy. This, this half ass new stuff has to stop. It's like, do it or don't bother. Here's a new one for you. This one's pretty good. I thought I laughed out loud at least. I've never heard of anything like this in the history of this segment. Outside of Moab, Utah, there are apparently something like 2,000-year-old Native American rock carvings. They're called petroglyphs. And this particular site in today's story is called the Birthing Rock. So this has ancient Native American artwork in celebration of birth and creation at this rock. And now that art has been damaged after someone wrote White Power eat ass and i guess uh Jew had, uh, drew a giant dick over the rock carvings they did for indeed the second time in a, a month thousand year old freudian slip i guess for this segment <laughs> and let me back it up 
One more time. For the second time in a month, thousand-year-old petroglyphs in the Moab area have been vandalized. Um, it's called the Birthing Rock. It's right off the side of the trail. This is Dustin Foray, a tour guide in Moab who found the vandalism on one of his tours. I started looking at it, I'm like, and I was telling my customers, I'm like, these lines were not here as we're walking up to it. And I'm, si I'm still looking at the lines and they're like, oh, there's more. And I'm like, are you serious? These are the pictures he took, showing phallic objects and misspelled racial slurs on the thousand-year-old artifact. You mean that giant dick wasn't there before? I can't believe it. Hey, that looks different. Um, um I don't know. If any artifacts get vandalized, uh, I would like it to be some sort of garbage Native American artifact. <laughs> I don't care about this, really. I, I wish that... I like the eat ass. That That's... That's good. That's you noticed fine. in the report there, they said misspelled racial slurs. So I sent you down the rabbit hole because I couldn't find it. I said, I haven't seen any pictures of misspelled racial slurs. I got to see them. What was it? It wasn't even a slur. They just spelled white wrong the first time they did it. It's lame. <laughs> and I got to thinking about this because to your point, now I, I'm the sort of person that I just think ancient artifacts. I, I just think they're cool. Like, I don't like to see this defaced. If it was a hoax, if it was real, it's a cool piece of history. That's not... Uh, uh, even though it's kind of funny, I don't want to see this happen. But it got me thinking, like, the people who revere this sort of Native American imagery, how far does that go? Like, let's say that the Native American imagery was racist. Now, alternatively, how long does a piece of swastika graffiti have to age before we revere it as historically and culturally relevant? In the future, if you find a swastika carved into the rock of... Uh, outside of Moab, Utah, do you have to evaluate how old it is before you decide to remove it or not? These are the questions that were coming up in my mind mm. thinking about this story. Well, what conclusions did you come to? Um, well, I don't, I mean, for, for me, I, I don't, I don't necessarily evaluate the morality of the history to decide if I like having historical artifacts or not. But I think that the people who are upset by this, well, the people who consider this a uh, autom automatically consider this a hate crime. They might be more inclined to evaluate the moral implications of the piece to decide if it has historical value or not. These, these are the same. All of you guys have gotten this wrong. We should be evaluating historical artifacts based on the intellectual potential of the people. Uh, so in this case, worthless, worthless, <laughs> worthless artifacts. I don't care about any of this. They hadn't invented the wheel. What even was that scratch on that rock? I don't care. Uh, I could find you a picture of what it looked like originally. It's it's depictions of. Well, here's a YouTube video. You can see on the thumbnail. It's depictions of animals. It's supposedly what depictions it of it's called the birthing rock. So the depictions supposedly represent um, conception, birth, creation, those sorts of themes. Well, I do um, like that. I mean, I don't know, even even if it's an extremely primitive society, I think that stuff's really cool to learn about. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of erasing history, but uh, I mean, if you're going to deface something like this, then write something better than eat ass. That's the problem <laughs> I have. Here. And, what was the other uh, thing? White power and a giant dick. Here's, here's the giant dick. That's not without its merit. Well, I guess. Got to draw them somewhere. Why not here? All right. Um. Let's uh let's catch up with Super Chat. I'm we'll call joking, you guys. God, our audience is so woo. You better what are, be joking, blood. What are they? What are they mad at you about? It's just talking about defacing ancient cultural yeah. sites. I I actually do really care about historical preservation. I'm mostly joking about this. Yeah, I don't. Whoever did that, I don't think it's. 
whether it's a joke or whether it is an actual Klansman, like it's not cool, but uh, it's probably but some it's, Zoomer shitlord. I, I doubt this is an actual white power. No, I don't. I, I don't think we've seen a, a, a an alleged hate crime of this variety ever. I think that's a new one. Like no, defacing I think we have. of a defacing of um of some kind of like ancient carvings. I've never heard of that. At mm. least for these purposes, like to deliver a racial hatred message or something. Hmm. All anyway, right. what do we got? I can catch up on uh tippy stream if you need a second. Nope. I'm good. Downskated says taking the night off, uh, trucking in a hotel. They're hurt bad here, but on the bright side, I have a Coors light and have the aquatic center all alone listening to you guys. I hope this COVID stuff ends. That does sound kind of nice. Yeah. Excellent choice of beer as well. I hope it treated you well. Christoph Harper, white man holds off an armed jogging mob with a 22 mini revolver. Check out the Twitter post from Sideway Skyote. Sideways. Oh, Sideways Coyote. Coyote. Yeah. With a K though. I, I, um, yeah. Or Mr. Guns and Gear BLM is now running strapped with body armor. I, I really? think this. I, I think this was emailed to me just a little bit before, and I haven't. I haven't had a chance to look at it thoroughly. But yeah, some sort of armed confrontation. With Black Lives Matter people, something like that. I don't know. I haven't had a chance to look at the story, but I'll have to check it out. Uh, somebody's calling it the Bone Stone. Ah, this, hold on. <laughs> you, you caught me off guard, but I give them where due. Uh, Yiz, the eunuch says, had a great time with you on my discordant dragon stream. Look forward to speaking with you and Blonde again on Wednesday. Maybe I'll have another horrid medical story for her like the last time. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and thanks for okay. having me. It was fun. I'm always up for a good a good medical story. Um, by the way, I don't know if I told you this, but I, I found a toe, an amputated toe at an oddity store in Colorado. And I'm deciding whether or not I should buy it. Do you have any thoughts? It, does this change anything? It has a very long toenail. It is a woman's toe and it, it is gangrenous. How was the toe acquired or severed? Uh, she had it amputated from diabetes um, in the mid eighties, and the lady at the um, at the store got it from a pathologist. Uh, I'm going to say no I, because Why? I think the, the principle of selling human body parts is a dangerous one to cross. Mm. Even if this particular one may have already been severed for totally med- medically legitimate reasons. Even if all parties consented to it, um, selling of body parts, no. Uh, I'll draw the line on that one. Just me personally. But do you have any real reason? What do you mean? That is my reason. But what's the ethics behind that? Not selling body parts? (laughs) Well, when you say it like that. (laughs) uh, It creates an industry around killing people and harvesting them, you know, all that. Well, I mean, if it was somebody's head... Shrunken she didn't head. need that toe. What are the actually? There's got to be legal complications about this. I'm sure what they're doing is legally square, but but it's got to be legally dicey to be selling human body parts. People sell shrunken heads and stuff, though. That's that's a thing. They do. I just have never seen anything like that in an oddity store, and so I'm I have been thinking about the logistics and the morality yeah, and where, of buying. Why the hell like are you that? questioning me? Why do you want this? Is the better question. Because my house is filled with oddities, and oh. I've always wanted something like this, but it's just ne- I've never come across it in any of my searches. The morally correct answer is cut your own toe off and put it on the shelf. Ah, no. <laughs> so I should get diabetes. 
so mm-hmm. that the toe gets severed and then keep the... Mm, okay. Or do you have like a hedge trimmer uh, or a tree pruner? Yeah, I'm not... I'm not Just chop that. that thing right off. Somebody said it's probably a fake toe. No, the lady took it out and then let some people in the store hold it. And it is like we looked at the cross section and everything. It is clearly a, it's clearly real. Great story. All right. I guess no is what I'm getting from the live chat. (laughs) All right. I won't buy it. Uh, Knuckle hunky book. I got a a vasectomy. Oh, this is a great transition. And I still wear double condoms while I have cyber sex over Zoom. (laughs) Yeah. Good analogy to uh, Joy Mm Reid. But you can't be too safe, right? Um, Mac Grendel says, thanks again for the NMSP officer story and for introducing me to Allison Morrow. And thank you for doing your interview with her, Matt. Oh, thank you. I, as I recall, I think you were hanging out in the live uh, chat as well. I, I think I remember you being there. Maybe not. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, thanks for checking it out, man. It's really appreciated. And thanks for making it a success. Um, I just read that one. Boogeyman917 says, cheers. Cheers to you as well. Fat hooligan. Matt, thank you for sharing your brother's story on Allison's channel. It was very poignant and important to share. Your brother must be proud of the man you have become. I hope so, man. That is probably the single biggest motivator in my life outside of making sure that I am a, a, a dad that my kid deserves. You know, that's the that's the next one. But um, yeah, we even got into, well, I guess if you listen, we even got into like a lot of that afterlife and faith type topics and Man, if 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 there's ever a conversation to be had in the future, I'll you know I'll I'll die a happy man at that point. Even five minutes. You think about people you'd love to have five minutes with if you could again. Oh yeah. yeah. If I get that, it's all nothing else matters really at that point. Everything's a success then. I think he'd be proud of you. Sarah Shaw, no note, thank you, ma'am. Pineapple platypotamus, which is a name I always get correct, and I'm very proud of myself. Watch I can't even God say it. Bless yeah. America, please. God bless America is the name of the movie. What did, what is what it? it? Says. Yeah, I don't. I'll look it up. Never heard of it. Joe Biden's dentures. I went to my local grocery store today to pick up some of Bell's Two Hearted IPA. Place was packed. I saw two other people not wearing masks. The employers, the employees, do not hassle you for not masking up. This compliance is voluntary. That is true. It there is you voluntary go. Compliance. It's a black comedy film. God bless America. Oh. I'd probably be up my alley. I'd probably like it. Um, let's see. Goodest Goy says you're making Wade proud every single day. Well, thank you. You guys are, you guys are far too kind on, on this. I, I appreciate it. And it's, um, part of the difficulty with it is, uh, it, it's very, as I'm sure a lot of people, anytime someone says something about a family member or something incredibly personal, personal to you on the internet, I'm sure everybody has some flavor of experience with that it'll send you into a rage, you know? And so talking about this, even though I know it creates something for a select few people to latch on to and say things that'll really make me mad, um, that like 99.999 plus percent of people are so incredibly kind about it. And so I appreciate that so much and, and getting me over the hurdle of, of talking about it uh, more openly. And, um, it's very much appreciated. I just, it's such a huge part of who I am too, that it feels good to connect with the audience in that way. Cause I feel like you can't really understand me, the person without understanding that part of who I am. Francis Chartrand. Um, let's see you and Viva Barnes need to formalize your Sunday trade-off. This is like having cheers and Seinfeld back to back, back in the day, make it a network. I don't know <laughs> what forgot. time, what time is their show? Actually, they go live. I think seven Eastern. A couple hours before we do. Okay. 
So we are basically back to back. I think sometimes we even run over each other a little bit. Um, potentially, I don't know, but there was no formal arrangement ever made. And, and there's so many people on the internet too. It's like trying to find your spot that nobody else has. That's not really a thing. It's not like the old TV days or something like that, but yeah, yeah, um, uh, maybe, maybe I, I know there's so much crossover or uh, just so many people who enjoy both streams. So maybe we could work something out someday. I have no idea. Ronald Glimpf says, hey, y'all, serious question. Who would win in a fight, George Floyd or Michael Brown? Oh, that is a serious question. <laughs> um, George, George Floyd, Floyd on drugs or normal George Floyd? George Floyd had a fighting body, you know? He was definitely more fit, yeah. Yeah, he was fitter. And they were the same height. My money's on George Floyd. And he had that, you know, meth strength. If it, Well, if it's George Floyd on drugs, then yeah, that's that's an X factor that I don't think would be overcome. They both get fentanyl and meth. And what is the fight? Is it are we talking like proper boxing rules? Or are we talking just fight to the death? Claw each other's hood, eyes out. Hood fight to the death, whatever they've got. Um see, no the, thing, the thing about Michael Brown is Michael Brown was just like George Floyd didn't really attack anyone, right? You're speculating about what he could do with his size and with his mm-hmm. meth fuel. Michael Brown actually attacked multiple people, the the convenience store worker, the police officer himself. There might have been more. I forget. But Michael Brown had a an aggression that George Floyd, at least in this episode, did not show. Now, to be perfectly honest, George Floyd put a gun to a pregnant woman's belly. So I might be full of shit here. and He might have the same sort of uh, aggression and the same sort of scrappiness. Um, I would still all things considered, I'd still take George Floyd. Me too. Me too. We asked the important questions here. Yeah. Uh, Incompetent hands. Um, For four years, I was told that the world thinks America is a joke, but now with democracy fortified and a weekly Popeyes after dark incident, (laughs) I'm sure we're back in high regard. Thanks as always. I like everybody in the world should listen to us. I like that. Well, that's a given. I like that description. Popeyes after dark incident. That's another, that's another Susan approved phrase. It is a chicken sandwich worth fighting for. It's been proven many times. <laughs> mm. Although objectively, I, I there is Popeyes relatively close to me. I've I've uh, I've given it a few chances. It is not on Chick Fil A's level. It's just not. Anyone who says that, that Popeyes, spicy chicken sandwich it it competes. I guess I haven't had the spicy. What? But the the nugs and the normal sandwich. Not even close. Uh, I've never had anything but the spicy chicken sandwich. So I don't All know. right. Next time, the closest Popeyes to me is in Billings. Next time I'm in Billings, I'll try out the uh, the spicy chicken sandwich. Okay. Let me know. Uh, I bought PN says keep that Sandy safe space coming. Matt, check out the '50s sci-fi movie World Without End. It accurately predicts low testosterone males of the future. That's <laughs> that's incredible. Given the current trends. Now, here's the great question. We talk about gender relations being a foundational problem for everything that's going on. And you wonder, is it women's fault or is it men's fault for allowing women to get out of hand, which is more of your theory. But who put the men in position to allow the women to get out of hand? And was it the lowering of the testosterone? And was it all the soy? And was it who did that? 
Who's well, the lowering of the testosterone is is multifactorial. People want to act like it's all environmental stuff, but your testosterone goes down when you don't have a father in the house and then compounded really? over many generations. Yes. Uh, compounded over many is generations, it can be explained entirely through non-environmental factors. Not to say that lack of exercise and plastics and things like that and birth control in the water don't have estrogenic effects, but I don't think it has the effect the the net effect that people think it does do they know why a fatherless home would cause a young man to be lower in testosterone is that just because sure it's too much, too much female influence or what does how does that happen biologically that's kind of fascinating it's too much female influence and i think a lot of it um if you're raised without male influence you de facto become a less sexually desirable partner for other women. Hmm. And so you aren't competing in the sexual marketplace, which is one of the biggest factors in raising testosterone. Hmm. So you fall there, so out of this competition. Are, there are basically behavioral elements you can participate in to change that. Even beyond just like exercise or training or something. Right. Like behavioral uh, sports things actually helps. Well there you go. Now you have to admit they have some value. They do, and if I have sons I will play sports. Hmm. All right. Your husband has converted you on that one. I sense maybe. I don't know. No, it was a Dr. Edward Dutton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Grumbledore, as I sit here with my whiskey and cigar, I wonder perhaps we judge them too harshly. Maybe we should fund planned parenthood and let children <laughs> decide their gender. Then we rebuild in two generations. I can just imagine him like, it would be a quicker solution to some of the problems we face. And to, to your point, one that we would all agree on at that point. Yes. Print all the money and give it all to planned parenthood. We all agree on this national policy. Here we go. Yikes. Great. Uh, Citizen arcane Pope Fauci's favorite altar boy. Uh, Zach R. Ingram says sending and I love you back to Alexandria Hawk. And thank you. And a thank you to you guys for the podcast. And said, allow me to meet her. And has Aww. become a Sunday ritual for years now. Gay balls. So Always weird. appreciate hearing uh, stories of friendships forged, relationships forged. This this stuff is really cool and uh, very much appreciated from us as well. So thank you for building yourselves quality lives on on top of the show. That's that's awesome. Something we never and having expected. Having white and, babies, we really appreciate. <laughs> well, I, I I hope everyone enjoys and experiences the blessing of parenthood. And of course, I'm not. Um, <laughs> so gay Every, now everyone. that your woman's pregnant. Um, I, and I'm not even there. We, we have an import, uh, important appointment coming up in a week. Uh, hopefully everything is all set. But um, yeah. Can't it's, wait it's, to find out that she, you're having a daughter. She actually told me that she can, because I was the sort of person like, I don't give a shit about other people's kids. All right. I see a kid. I don't care. I don't want to interact with that kid. That kid doesn't want to interact with me. But we have seen a few small children in certain places, but that sounds weird to say we've been at certain social interactions. People have had their children there and she says, appropriate settings. <laughs> she says, Oh, it's it, you, you totally interact with kids differently now is her perspective. I wouldn't say that I, I don't, I don't feel like I do. Cause I'm not, you know, it's not like I'm doing baby talk or something like that, but maybe it's just, maybe now I make a more conscious effort to interact with them or I pay more attention to that sort of thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's super fun. It's hmm. super duper fun. You're going to have Can't a great wait. time. Yeah. Um, Ash Genova says, Blonde, I love you. You pretty much say most of what I say in my head, but I'm too afraid to say out loud. Lol. 
Keeping you. I like you too, Matt. Take my money. We will take your money. Oh, thank you. That uh, is the I appreciate that, that is the best compliment for you. The variations of which I hear frequently. Like she says she's like the narrator in my head that never actually gets spoken out loud. I'm speaking for all of the evil people <laughs> that live within you. Yeah. It's my job. Uh, Matthew Ash, uh, big donation. Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate that. Um, Very Evan much M, appreciated. About the uh, autistic singing kid, I was a teenager with Asperger's. High school was unpleasant, but in hindsight, getting bullied was the best thing that ever happened to me. Hmm. Bullying builds character. That is a very unpopular opinion that I've stated on the show before, but probably did teach you how to act. Well, some social pressures are necessary for development, Mm -hmm. Um, how to respond to them, how to interact with them. What is the line between abuse and appropriate social forces between kids? That's a difficult one to define. Yeah. When you say the word bullying, it implies like you're, you're targeting a victim mercilessly, but what if it's just, what if it's just kind of mocking some, what if it's just kids being kids? You know what I mean? Like kids giving each other kind of a hard time and learning how to compete with each other and how to interact with each other and all of those things that are kind of necessary. I think the, obviously nobody wants kids to get abused, but the other side of it is we, if we don't have some of that natural competition, you have an entire generation of incredibly soft people who can't so much as be flicked or challenged with a different, different viewpoint without totally falling apart and claiming victim in the process. And that's what siblings are for too. Yeah, definitely. My brother is just so mean to me. Some (laughs) of his criticisms just cut me to my bones. But, um, but that funny. means that you're tougher when you go out into the world, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. James Hall says, hey, guys, congrats on five years. Want to send a shout out to my buddy Mike and his lovely wife, Nicole, who just had their third child. First girl wishing you and blonde all the best. Thank you so congratulations. much. And congratulations. Yeah. Um, Eric Burns Marsh says the kid should have consulted Joe Rogan before getting the shot. He should have. Joe Rogan <laughs> I, is, was pretty based on this. I didn't even. Well, he kind of walked it back a little. But I, I didn't have time to talk about that. There's nothing he said that's even remotely controversial. controversial. It's completely reasonable. I listen to that and think this is what people are flipping out about. And tons of blue checks posting their Spotify unsubscribe screenshots on Twitter. Oh, wow. I'm sure they give a shit. I'm sure everyone yeah. cares. I, I, I don't understand. Here's what I don't understand, too. How could you possibly listen to Joe Rogan's show and be so offended by a viewpoint that you don't share? His show, the 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 best thing about his show is it is it's a hodgepodge of different perspectives now for me like sometimes that's kind of a drawback because there are a lot of guests where i'm like i don't give a shit what this person is saying yeah it's a different philosophy with which to build a show but the point is you can't listen to his show frequently and not hear a whole bunch of crazy shit from all different perspectives that's really the point so how the hell could you be offended by this one thing unless you are religious in your viewpoint about it but they really are they are yeah dogmatic Tori D says the left has moved from using kids to push an agenda to using our tar kids. Genius. Maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is what we need to do. Yeah. We can do it on the right. Uh, ben Riley says, Hey Matt, do you have any tips for a first time firearms build any mm-hmm. specific tools or material materials that you need in compliance with all state and federal regulations? Of course. Well, the good news, I assume you're probably talking about an AR build and you can do, I don't have any experience with like, uh, with doing like a Glock build or anything like that or any sort of 3d printed firearms all builds of which I have done in full compliance with federal law and state law, obviously. But if you're talking about doing an AR build, which um, 
at least for me, was a good uh, skill to learn and maybe the best starting point for this sort of thing. Uh, you, there are a few specific tools that you need. You need um, a, a specific wrench. You need some punches. Um, if you go online and, and Google, what tools do I need to build an AR, assuming Google allows you to search that still, in in total, you probably have to spend like, uh, you'll also need a vice, like a good bench vice, if you don't have one. If you didn't have that, still talking like 200 bucks in tools you might need. And everything else, everything can be purchased, but the lower, which is considered the gun. So you, right. you're going to have to buy the lower through a federally licensed dealer. But um, but other than that, uh, you can get all the parts that you need. If you have, I am not, a, a, I'm not a skilled mechanic. I'm not good with fixing things with my hands. I wish I was, and I'm trying to develop those skills. What I'm saying is if you're interested in getting in the, into this, it's not like you have to be a super skilled person with with tools and technical skills and all that stuff. Uh, you can get those tools and you can watch some videos that used to be on YouTube, but now they're on other websites. And there are all kinds of good guides. The first time you put together a firearm will be incredibly frustrating. Make sure you have plenty of extra parts and springs. Get an oops kit. And it'll probably take you a couple hours. And then when you do it again and again and again, you'll probably get it done in like a half hour by the time yeah. you get used to it. So, um, yeah, jump in. Why am I jump nodding in. like I've done this? I have no freaking clue. Yeah. What I'm saying is if it's a skill that you have interest in developing, 100% do it. You don't need to be like some master underwater welder to get it done. You, you, you just If you can put together a Lego set uh, with relative competence, you can put together a rifle. Um, we should do, we should start doing some on Trovo in case okay. we run out of time. Cause I've got uh, yeah. a bunch left on YouTube. So. Uh, Trovo's good. Um, D live is good as well, but let, let me uh, go into tippy stream. Good call. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, whatever. Um, let me see. I left off on Phil. Can you actually read a couple and I'll, or no, I found my spot. Uh, we should be good here. Phil, uh, Phil says Ben Shapiro has made it clear that he loathes Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's let's go with that uh he loathes americans the only two things he cares about are money and fooling others to die on behalf of his views we uh we gave we we gave lots of things uh in a time of need he needs to consider our perspective is what uh, Phil that's says. not what he said at all, but all right. <laughs> like okay. verbatim. That's exactly. He's very mm-hmm, respectful, yeah, yeah. Phil. So now. respectful. Uh, <laughs> Knuckle Hunky Buck says, I'm fine with Giuliani getting raided. Fuck him and fuck anyone who supported that uh, blatantly unconstitutional policies like stop and frisk. Um, yeah, I actually don't know the, the court history on stop and frisk. I know we've talked about it a little bit on the show. As far as I recall, it broke down into one of those things like, yeah, unconstitutional also kind of worked, which yeah. doesn't mean what that you, you do? should do it. Like you can do a lot of things. You can, you can lower the murder rate by killing people. Like <laughs> we did talk about that yeah, a lot, that sort of stuff. So, or at least, um, you can lower the murder rate by locking people in, in cages. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. What so we say uh, by killing everybody that's committed a misdemeanor, you can also lower the murder rate. Yeah. Assuming you don't consider those judicial killings to be murders. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the only thing I'm saying. Um, extra judicial, I suppose you would extra say. Extra judicial. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I would be skeptical of the policy though. The, the practical reality is Giuliani did clean up New York's crime rate pretty well. But again, if you do that through immoral or unconstitutional policy, it's probably, probably not good. I just don't know a lot about the history of it. Um, Phil says Ben Shapiro has, Oh no, Phil, I think you sent this one. Oh no, no, you didn't send it twice. I just read it earlier. Never mind. Luck of the Irish says effed. 
effed up over on super chat so i'll try it here matt watch tremors so when feds come for your guns you'll know to say uh, you broke into the wrong goddamned rec room didn't you you bastards anyway take care you guys that is on the list it's the first one on the list yeah so it'll be early Mike DeWine shit eating grin says came in late. Did you hear about the people shot at at the Black Heritage Festival in Clewiston, Florida? I, I have not. I'll have to check it out. That might have been the story uh-huh. that was referenced earlier. Um, Yuga Booga says tell dude debating 100% VA to get uh, for the dental or he will wish he had in 10 to 20 years. I'm proud of your brother and he'd be proud of you. Uh, you too, Skag. Thanks for the show. Well, good advice. And um, and thank you as well. It's very much appreciated. And thanks for supporting the show. Raggle Fraggle says, um, Matt, go to Urban Dictionary and look up Montana musket leader and Montana miscarriage. Okay. Oh, Montana musket loader. Sorry. No, I was like, no. Um, I will leave this up to the viewer to look up. If you want to look up Montana musket loader, you do that. What's the other one? Um, Montana miscarriage. Let me look at that. Look at that. And then we'll get back to YouTube. Uh, no, I'm not going to read this one either, but if you would, I am reading them raggle. And if, if you would like to read them again, it's Montana musket loader and Montana miscarriage. All right. That's it on tippy stream. Okay. Um, I shouldn't be Googling stuff, uh, but you guys told me to. So stoked said during the address, there were 36 standing ovations, 36. It's a clown show. Even the flag behind them looked like a big top at, uh, Looked like a big top at that point. Shameful circusry. We were doing the stream during the speech and I thought, am I really going to go sit down for like an hour and a half and watch this either that night or the next day? No, no, I am not. Mm -hmm. I am. I have much better things to do. So typically I love watching that sort of stuff, but my God, watching and I was like, I'm not going to watch this guy talk for an hour plus. And if he says anything insane, I'll see the clip of it on Twitter later. And we did. Yeah. Mostly peaceful gun owner. There was a shooting by Puerto Rican nationalists in the Capitol in 1954. January 6th, 2021 was the worst thing to happen since the Civil War, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh. It's a it's a completely insane statement. I can't believe that even made it into the the speech itself. And I also wonder the Kevlar and Deer comment was that freestyled or was that actually written into the speech? It sounded like it was written into the speech. That's insane, and that's just pure silliness. If that was in the speech too. Ah, <sighs> Eric Burns March. Who would want high-speed rail besides Nick Fuentes? Uh, well, and that's another story that uh, we didn't get into tonight. But was supposedly, he really banned? He's, yeah. yeah, supposedly he was on the no-fly list. Have we? Do we have confirmation of why? Because I saw competing speculation. Of course, um, Nick says, as far as I understand, that it's for ideological reasons and/or like being at the Capitol riot he wasn't inside but he was in the general proximity and then i saw some people saying no it's because he was uh rude to a flight attendant in december or something but it seems odd to get on because it's it's confirmed as far as i understand he's on the tsa's no fly list not like an airline booted him if i understand correctly again correct me if i'm wrong because i i haven't looked into this that i'll much, ask around but. and find out uh, if you were rude either to way, a, I mean, who cares if you were rude to a flight attendant? Well, if you're flight rude attendants to a, have been such twats during this masking thing. If you're rude to a Delta employee, usually like Delta will ban you. And that's not yeah. what happened to him because he tried to get on multiple airlines. So it looks like it's something else. It probably is. It's probably what I described with this with this detain 
list. It might be. I mean, if I was guessing, uh, even though I don't have a close connection to the story, I would guess it's probably something to do with capital riot list people. Like if you were even sort of there, you're probably on a list. Yep. And that TSA employee that emailed me said that. Hmm. But you weren't uh, there in your case. You were nowhere near it. I wasn't, but they didn't detain me. Yeah. So it was like they were just suspected watching. of being there. Suspected. Maybe. Yeah. Pep says, Matt, I listened to you and your brother's story on the podcast the other day. Tragic as it was, I was glad you shared it. Hopefully in eight years, I can be as calm as you were when discussing my son. Thank you for that interview. And, and all the best to your family. And I'm glad that we've been able to share some of this, um, some, of, some of this experience. It's not a positive one, but to share some of this through email. And I, I hope the best to you and your family. And I, I appreciate the kind words. And, um, and yeah, as I've said to some people who have emailed me about the issue of suicide, um, you don't have to feel bad if you don't immediately bounce back. I was talking about in the interview, I don't even remember what I did for like six months. It's a blur. I don't, I don't know. I sat and played video games. I honestly don't even remember a solid half year of my life. So if you go through something like this, um, you give yourself the time that you need to sort of get into a normal emotional state and then you got to find some purpose to crack yourself back into shape and, and find something to work towards. You know, it's a, sometimes that's obvious and sometimes you have to work at focusing on that thing. But, um, but yeah, all the best to you. And I, I have faith that you'll pull through. Thank you for that. Um, Nathan E thoughts on a state electoral college. Razor fist did a recent video on it. Seems like a really good way to keep blue cities from dominating otherwise red states in presidential elections. So the idea would be state government is run through a similar system. And if states want to do it, there's no reason they couldn't. Um, this is sort of the question. The more you decentralized power is always a good thing to a certain point, I suppose like you can, you can decentralize power all the way down to the individual. And of course, individual rights are paramount, but there's something to be said for, um, community too. And when you decentralize all power such that we have nothing in common anymore, and we're all just kind of existing in general proximity to each other, that's not necessarily great. Um, do I think that it would matter as much on the state level, uh, an electoral college system versus the national level? Not really. No. Um, I, I wouldn't oppose it in my state, I suppose, but it's not something that I would be lobbying for either. Mostly, I think that a state is about a proper unit to be mostly autonomous and free from federal overreach. And I think the I think that federal tyranny into your life is so much worse than state tyranny into your life because at least in your state you can just pack up and go. Yeah, pack up and go. You can leave. So it's not that it doesn't matter. I just think the difference is so much less compared to the federal government that I don't necessarily care that much. That's a good answer. Yeah. Um, Ramiam sent an emoticon that's too small for me to read. Uh, let me that. see if I can find it. Um, Eric K. Do you guys have any family members who are on the left? I've got four siblings and they're all on the left. I don't know how to deal with them. Uh, yeah, I guess so. They kind of all just think that I'm I'm like kooky, you know? I'm just like, a, I can't be taken seriously. I just, I just let them think I'm stupid. That emoji is a bird, by the way, something like that. <laughs> it's animated. Um, I actually, I really don't. My family, there are a lot of like, as far as I understand, apolitical family, but I don't have any like flaming, raging leftists. In fact, that was probably me like six years ago, yeah. <laughs> but I wasn't super in your face about it. I, it's not like I was lecturing people um, in my friends or family circles. So uh, as far as what I would do, um, well, as as we've always said, I think that 
whether it's viewpoint or whether it's behavior or whatever, I think that family integrity is a, is pretty high on the list of priorities. And I think you have to give family a pretty, pretty generous benefit of the doubt in a lot of things, way more than you would say some random stranger out on the street. So if it was me and someone, if my family member was really insufferable with leftist politics, I probably just wouldn't indulge it. I'd probably just try to steer the conversation away from that. Yeah. In the interest of family peace. Um, Jenny Tulwart says, Fuzzy Wuzzy was a woman. <laughs> Cigar bro. I've decided to leave Baltimore PD to a better agency because of how mm. things are going now these days. I'm not the only one who has left. We've lost 30 cops in the last month. Baltimore oh is God. 700 short as of today. Oh, gosh. I wonder what's going to happen. Well, let me know. Yeah. Send me an email about your decisions, man. I'd love to follow your story. If you, if you guys remember, this is uh, the police officer in Baltimore who would call in sometimes on Wednesdays. And I've, I've seen some I've had some emails and things from him. So uh, I'd like to hear where you decide to go next. And, and Godspeed. Thank you for what you're doing, man. Robert Pickles Nichols says, if you want to be safe, you need to obey. Even if you were perfectly obedient, we will exacerbate the situation. If you obeyed, the situation is still because your neighbors didn't obey. You must threaten them to get things back to normal. Cryptic. Yeah, exactly. Niggardly. Thank you for the support of the show. But yeah, um, isn't it funny how even obeying, doing everything you're supposed to do, if you socially distance, you masked, you got your vaccines immediately, you're being met with more talk of danger, more ridiculous restrictions, more delays into in, in um, until life gets back to normal. It, 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 what we're watching is a conditioning. It was never yes. about your health. It's just about getting you to submit to people. Them. Yep. And now they've seen that they can get us to do this. We're in a more dangerous position than ever. And it has yeah. nothing to do with coronavirus. Uh, Bugga off says overreaction to the travel ban on India saying it's like North Korea. The only place in Aussie that authoritarianism is out of control is Victoria, which is Australia's Cali. That's what I've heard. I've heard it is a lot different, uh, in that part of the country than elsewhere. I have no knowledge. Of course I, I don't, uh, my knowledge of Australian politics and just Australian life is, is pretty slim, but Godspeed down under. I've heard it's awesome. I'm really bummed. I'm never going to be able to go there. I'd love to visit. Um, I bet it's great. Me too. I've heard it's amazing. Matthew Ash, you actually sent this twice. So if you want us to refund one of them, because it was quite a big donation. Oh, um, yeah. Do you have network on your movie list? I don't. But at some point, I'm going to run out of movies. And we're going to have to watch new movies together. If people are into we love the you. Summit, which you're very totally special be because people were telling me about the poll in the live chat. And it looks like it's 95%. Yes, right? Okay. Uh, I've people really want to hear a movie talk uh, segment. I'll do it hundred percent. I guess I'll so have to exciting. watch one for next week. Um, um, but I'll put that on the list when we run out of movies because I haven't seen it and I would like to. And thank you for uh, the support for the show, Matthew. And again, if that was an accident, um, just send me an email. I'll get you taken care of. Greg Olson says, saw two black teenagers early Saturday AM in the car, uh, stuck on concrete median, stopped to help. They ended up in my car. Cops came. Kids wanted me to drive off. no, no one ran off. Um, wait, what no. the hell? One ran off. Other got cuffed, ran, then got caught. Stuck oh, on the geez. concrete median. You stopped to help them. And then when the cops show up, they're in your car and they bolt. Wow. Just like just this cops are very often trying to do the right thing. Uh, good on you. And well, and good on you for trying, trying to help. But man, I, I worry know. that you put yeah. yourself, uh, they're running for a reason and it's not because the cops are racist. That's not, I guarantee something happened there. And I just worry that you put yourself in danger. I don't know. Maybe they're, they've just been told that they should like they, run. They actually just crashed the car accidentally. Yeah. And I they're don't like, know. The police man. are going to kill you. 
Maybe. I guess the indoctrination runs deep. Maybe. I just I worry that that might have been a dangerous situation. I'm thinking maybe they're leave they're bolting for a reason. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Hmm. Um, Jamie Clay, Matt, thank you for sharing your story. Wow, these sort of stories are important to share in a healthy society. As you're doing five minute movie reviews with Blonde, do it. Can we see the list? Pretty please. Um, well, this is the next step. Do we allow the movie to be voted on? I, I have. I don't know if I like that. This is dictated by me. Fair enough. And my brother, who's a movie buff. <laughs> well, I, and your brother, I have the I have the get, next six months or something like that already. There's probably a dozen movies on the list, so we're talking. That's yeah, it. Like, I, I something like that. Oh, okay. Can, can so I read what you've put months. on there? Can, yeah, sure. That's okay. You have Tremors, Terminator, Terminator 2, They Live, Total Recall, Blade Runner, Goodfellas, Election, Groundhog Day, Uncle Buck, Clueless, Aliens, Winter's Bone. I put Clueless on there because I wanted to throw one in there for your wife. And it's a fantastic film based on Jane Austen's Emma. Um, Winter's Bone is a newer film, so it's not really keeping in the theme of the last ones. Okay. But otherwise, I think that's a pretty good starting list. Have you seen any of those movies? I don't think so. Have you I'm seen sure My I've Cousin seen... Vinny? Someone sent me a Blu-ray of it or a DVD. So I okay. have a copy. I should watch My it. My Cousin yeah. Vinny also. Okay. I'll put that in there. Uh, and you can do it in any order in which you see fit, except Terminator or Trimmers need to be needs to be first. Oh, that's decided? Okay. So I have to do that this week. Um, I'm not going to put Casino on there if Goodfellas is already on there. It's a three-hour movie. All right. Fair uh, enough. Now that the rules are outlined, let's get through a few more People are chats. already complaining. God. <laughs> Jamie Clay, I just read that one. Thank Long you, man. Appreciate John. it. Is Matt allowing mail-in votes to the movie review poll? Uh, no, no, as of now. <laughs> but uh, maybe we oh, might sorry. fortify the election later. <laughs> esoterica unbound driving shift is drunk on an expired license and killing someone in a hit and run or what the urban wokesters refer to as driving while black to out oops <laughs> did i say that out loud uh yeah. yes you did you said it out loud and then i said it out well loud. why Irish is nobody man. making the obvious argument that that cop was racist and had it co- she was defending herself from a racist cop obviously jeez Let's see what her attorney says yeah um, Irish Nat, come on, blonde. Colorado is not lost. Stop advising Republican voters not to move here. What does it benefit the country to make red states redder? You need to visit more of the state than Denver. I've actually um never been to Denver, really. I've like been through Denver. Uh, that's not where I was. I was in the reddest state or the reddest city in Colorado. Um Colorado's totally lost. What are you talking about? You guys are engulfed in in blue and and they're just coming down on on the on the only red, remaining red places. It's totally done. People should not move there. Uh they should move to Idaho or Montana. Well, but pretty soon the people who ruined Colorado are coming here to ruin Montana. No, so no, no. I, I Colorado like is Montana uh, is like Montana in 20 years. It'll get there. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, what does it benefit the country to make red states redder? It fortifies our our states. We definitely need to make red states redder. Yeah, I th- I I would agree. I think that you want to have at least some some safe spot, some safe yeah. place to be. Yeah, so I, I would agree um, with that philosophy. Yeah. 
mostly peaceful gun owner. Men under five, six are technically women, which makes Dr. Fauci the third worst female doctor in America behind Jill Biden and Ben Shapiro's wife. Yeah, that, 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 the, that super chat had it all, didn't it? Isn't that the proper order? Uh, yes. Jill is the worst. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's just for fun, says, regarding homeschooling and taxes, there are tax rebates in many states that allow private school and homeschool families to not have to pay into the public education funds of the state. Hmm. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that. But that's that's good. If you can opt out of, if you can opt out of tax support and and homeschool your kid, that'd be yeah, that'd be fantastic. Be fantastic. Knuckle hunky buck. People are saying the science isn't always ethical. Sounds like their faith in the science is faltering. They really don't trust the science. Heresy. Yeah, yeah. It's very convenient that awfully uh, odd and convenient whenever they trust or distrust the science. Bree says, I'm vaccinated and I spent the last two weeks taking care of my son who had corona. He coughed on me many times and I don't even have a sniffle. You can get sick if you want, but you don't have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I know what coronavirus is going to do. And I don't know what the vaccine is going to do. I've said this whole time, I'd rather get coronavirus than the vaccine. The vaccine is a much greater unknown. And I got coronavirus and it was fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. And I don't have to deal with the with the fallout of uh, an untested vaccine that the government inexplicably wants me to get. We'll see if they push it on my pregnant wife again next Monday. <laughs> so did you get your vaccine yet? The que two questions they always ask me going, did you get the Rona vaccine? And if so, can we report that to the state? No, no, stop. We're here to get an ultrasound. Leave us alone. Oh, my gosh. That is so irresponsible. Um, Greg Olson says, uh, watched Allison Morrow's video, COVID doctor described speech suppression by big tech and government. Dr. David Brownstein, um, FTC stopped him from showing videos with the patients he treated with COVID. I haven't seen that one, but she does great interviews. So I bet it's good. I'll have to check it out. Holden Mulray. And then I think we might actually have to stop. Um, as general Buck Turgeson might say, I hate to judge before all the facts are in, but it is beginning to look like Dr. Fauci may have exceeded his authority. Has hasn't he indeed? Uh, let me see if I can get a few more. Abraham says she messed up a police enforcing, uh, this Corona bull are not our friends. Michael Malice has the best take here. That's true. Mm. I like Nick Fuentes take on Chauvin, uh, which was just remember if Chauvin wasn't going to jail, he'd be trying to throw your grandma into jail for not wearing a mask to church. And I was like, well, he's right about that. Andy D says, went to the drag races yesterday. The place was packed. Only saw about 12 mask wearers also had COVID-19 vaccine tent up, but it was empty. It was awesome to see so many unmasked people sitting together. Isn't it encouraging when you see that? Yeah. Um, I have to reload, but I don't know how many we have. Just left. a handful. I think, well, oh, we uh, why don't I just read through them quickly? We'll, we'll just go. If you have to take off, that's totally fine. No, nope, it's cool. Okay. Um, Let's see. Oh, crap. I forgot. Did you read Darren? No. Uh, I live a few miles from this Windsor Amazon site. I laughed when I read the story and later laughed hard uh, or harder when I read it is illegal to display a noose in a threatening manner. Okay. Signed. Bro. Yeah. What does that even mean? Uh, and how do you determine that? Thank you, man. Whitey, Whitey on the moon says, speaking of defacing, where's two? What's that? Was on Nick's morning show. Oh, is that, is that a YouTuber or a person? Um, anyway, this person talked about how generations of men in their hometown had written their name at a granite quarry of, a, uh, for a hundred years, BLM taggers destroy it. Okay. So kind mm. of a reverse situation there. 
Wider Sam says the toe was a sign blonde blue velvet must make the movie list. I don't know that one. Do you? Uh, no, I was thinking blue Valentine, but I haven't seen blue. Hmm. Velvet. Somebody Skepti- cut off their toe. I assume so. Skeptical faith says, I didn't hear if you found the date. Um, beauty and the beta episode zero streamed May 8th, 2016. Oh, so maybe the stream was maybe the, it actually didn't go to the audio until a week later. So maybe I guess next week will be May 9th. So that'll be almost exactly the five year. Thank you for finding the date. Appreciate it. Ethan Johnston or Johnson says, let's add the movie a Bronx tale. Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. Knuckle hunky bunk. People are going to, we're not taking suggestions if we're doing this. It's going to, if we are opening a can of worms, it's going to get difficult. We're not because I'm not taking anyone's suggestions. Yeah, there you go. Uh, knuckle hunky buck says George Floyd on drugs is normal. George Floyd. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> what, how would I phrase this? You can take George out of the drugs, but you can't take the drugs out drugs. of George. That doesn't really make sense, but you kind of get, there's gotta be a, a clever saying to go with there. Um, Malik says, Matt, I love your shirt close to retirement. So my wife and I are probably going to make the Cali exodus might be the only way to save it by making Cali lose congressional seats. Aren't they down one Montana gained one California, I think lost one. Uh, but yes, all the best in your retirement. And once every once all the people who ruined California leave, then the rest of us can move back and and restore it, which California in its natural state is a great place. In its current state of politics, it's unlivable. But the ocean, uh, the mountains, the beaches, the great weather, it's a fantastic place to live if you're not ruined by oppressive government. Yep. Uh, Geds or go. I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm going with Geds. New Mexican here. Uh, thanks, Matt, for covering the New Mexico state officer shooting. Very depressing to see my already blue state go even bluer. Probably won't be much longer. Fingers crossed. Well, thank you uh, for tuning in. And, um, and thanks to Allison for great work on that, too. I, and if you see more on that story in New Mexico, send it my way. I really want to see what happens. Um, Sticky Dad says sources familiar with Matt's thinking recommended Dark Man as a so bad it's good movie he would enjoy. Keep up the good work. And you guys provide a much needed voice during these strange times. Well, those are, that is my jam. Those are my preferred, uh, preferred movie types. So bad that they're good. All right. Um, we are all set. So appreciate you guys. Um, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Anything else before we get out of here? No, thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you on Wednesday. All right. Well, next week, um, I guess we'll be an anniversary show, maybe one day late. And I guess I'm under obligation to do a movie review next week, too. So maybe we'll give this its debut segment with uh, Tremors. That's what I have to do first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, if you'd like more of the show to listen to, we have all kinds of stuff on the audio platforms. You can listen back to the call in show. We have interviews up there from other channels, um, blondes interviews with a lot of other YouTubers and content creators. Those are all linked in the description and on the website for you. If you want to find anything show related, check out the website. That's Matt Christensen Media. Dot com. You can get in touch with us over there as well. Otherwise, we will be back next Sunday. Because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd. It's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Appreciate it. Bye, guys.